Bam, bam, we're live. I take a hundred. I take a hundred percent responsibility for the naming of the show, even though I didn't name it. And I could give okay. two shits. I could give two shits if you're natty or not. But I also think you're, you are natty. I just saw the title. Yeah, someone no, I just on, someone on my team named well. it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's uh, that, that, that's I laughed. I, when I saw it, I I, I laughed. I, I uh, someone on my team is um, is is a better marketer than I am. I guess. That's all right, man. That's good. But I, good, but I do believe team. you are. If, if someone had to ask me um, to bet two inches of my penis, whether you were natty or not, I would go with uh, natty. All right. Well, I guarantee you still have that two inches after that. Thank bet. you. you. You know why? You know why I think you are um, natty just from the aesthetic point of view is always those guys who start doing um, steroids. I feel like they start getting these trippy capsules on their shoulder. Not trippy. Yeah, they're cool. Delts. Yeah. Just really. Yeah. Really pronounced deltoids. I know. That's exactly what, what these are. These things on the. That's correct. Yeah, and I always had nice shoulders, but mine never did that thing where it looks like I'm yeah. wearing shoulder pads. It's well, I mean, again, a lot of it's genetic. Um, like me, I just I'm not a guy that's ever had big delts. Like that's not a strong body part for me. But I mean, if you looked at me, I've looked the same way for probably the past ten or fifteen years. I've always, you know, been around two hundred. One night fluctuated between one ninety five and two hundred five pounds. I've always been pretty lean um, and in shape, but I've I've always been training, and I mean the the weights i lift are nothing nothing incredible so they are incredible yeah well well yeah i would say that man but first off i'd like to thank you for having me on your podcast man it's an honor to be here and i I genuinely appreciate it oh brother thanks for coming on thanks for coming on i stumbled across your instagram account and i was like holy shit this guy's speaking my language it's well man i uh i appreciate that i've it's been strange like the just the past i'd say like seven or eight days uh, my Instagram growth has, has been, you know, incredible. So it's like, I don't know what happened if the algorithm changed or some, some people just finally caught on, but I've gained like, I don't know, I want to say 50 or 60,000 followers just in the past eight days. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was at, I was at 35,000, I think right around when you reached at me and like, I'm, I'm getting close to 90 right now. So it's, I don't know. I don't honestly, I have no idea what I haven't changed anything. I've been posting. I've been very consistent with with posting on social media for a while. And I think maybe it, maybe I'm very fortunate. I just may have hit a tipping point. I'm not really sure. Um, so well, I'm glad I found you when I did because ever since I, I I lost my blue checkmark account and then my second account is so shadow banned. So once people, yeah. get, I can't get big people. It's, it's it's hard for me to get people who have huge followings anymore because they can't. I can't get them in the DMs. So I'm oh, glad man. I got you. And now you're fucked because I have your phone number, so I can just text. No, you. No, that's right. dude. Well, honestly, <laughs> when when you reached out to me, I saw the message. I was like Savan Matosian. I was like, holy shit! Thanks, Sean. I was I was inc- I was amazed, man. Because I've and forgive me that I don't know more about you, but I know you're the man for CrossFit as far as you know all their media and things like that and. Yeah, well, I've, thank been, you. I've been doing CrossFit for over ten years, so you know, I'm like, I'm, I was well aware of who you were, and I was very pleasantly surprised that you reached out to me and would actually want to have me on your podcast. So, genuinely, it's an honor. I didn't even know until uh, I listened to t- uh, two podcasts you did back to back, and um, and and last night I was listening to one after drinking a couple bottles of wine with some friends. I, I, I saw your I, uh, Instagram reel, and then Good I came on, back. Uh, yeah, and I'm like, fuck, Tanner. <laughs> All right. I'll do it. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty, usually pretty motivated. I usually, I, I can't even remember the last time I didn't work out, but, yeah. but it, it showed me 
by listening, you know, they say that you are the five people um, you surround yourself by. And I, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that we're all mirrors here, mirroring each other. I do and, as well. And when I was listening to those podcasts back to back, and then I came inside. Yeah, you, you, uh, and I hate this word, but um, you influenced me. And I, and I just fucking just stopped everything I was doing and did a hundred burpees and my, and my family joined in, which was nuts. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. I saw that reel when I was having breakfast this morning and I shared it again on my story and I was genuinely honored. And if I, I don't, yeah. I'm not a fan of the word influencer, influencer either. And like, but if, if I can have an influence on anyone just to live a happier and healthier life, then that that's very fulfilling to me. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And I didn't even know you were a CrossFitter. I had no, I, when I invited you on, I had no, I had no wow, idea. Yeah. 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 So, uh, man, I've been doing CrossFit hard for like over 10 years. And I mean, honestly, I've had quite a bit of success with it, but no one really knows because I've had so many injuries. And so the, 16, the last time, 16 surgeries. Yeah. Yeah. Legitimately 16 orthopedic surgeries. Uh, I spent over three years of my life in a wheelchair or on crutches. So, uh, I've, I've dealt with, a fair amount of adversity in my life, you know, more than most people, but you know, far less than many. Right. Right. Uh, so, yeah. That is a, that is a long time, especially since so many of us, um, working out is a way of life. Uh, I don't, I yes. don't, I don't have any mental health issues, but my cocaine is a hundred burpees, you know, man, no, mine as well. Like I've, uh, I've said it numerous times. I am eat, like addicted to exercise. You know, it's it's and it's the best way to uh, get you know your dopamine and and um, endorphins and all that. There's numerous ways you can get it, but vigorous exercise is definitely the best way, the the most healthy way. And kind and and um, and the easy road to mental clarity because when I'm for sure those last fifty burpees, I'm not like thinking about that flat tire that's on my car or the fact that did I pay my mortgage payment? I'm like, it's, it's all about, it's all about just breathing. Absolutely. So it's kind, of, kind of that free spiritual journey too. Yes. I've uh, discovered like I have my biggest moments of clarity or, you know, I create a lot of my best content just off the cuff right after a workout or during a workout when I don't know what it is, the chemical balance in my brain is on. But uh, it's like your brain's firing on all cylinders, especially when you you know you get that endorphin and dopamine release. So I'm clearly definitely addicted to it. Yeah, have you? What time is it where you're at? It's uh, seven twelve p.m. And I'm, and I'm located in Dubai, United Arab Emirates. Okay, and and you've worked out already today. Uh, I have, yes. B because when my podcast, it's seven a.m. here, and when my podcasts aren't at seven a.m., if they're at any other time. I always work out before the podcast and usually it's just 10 minutes on the assault bike and a hundred burpees or something. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, just yes. something uh, simple, but I do it to, uh, to cheat, to make sure I'm uh, the most alert I can be when I go on the podcast. Yes. I love to just finish my workout 30 minutes before uh, cold shower and then, and then get yes. in front of the camera. I know. I, I think so, there's been scientific studies that have shown that, that um, you're, cognitive function or you know it's it's just enhanced right after a workout it's better and everyone feels more awake more alert probably more happy the what i do i first thing i do when i wake up is i eat breakfast and then i go upstairs and i swim for 10 minutes and then oh, I, wow. take a cold, I take a cold shower so very similar morning routines that's just for me and i wouldn't consider that a workout but 
more just as a way to wake up and get my mind right, you know, to start the day. Do you think that I keep thinking I'm going to play this video, but do you think that um, because you've been um, had 16 surgeries, that sounds like the perfect workout in the morning for someone for either someone who's older or someone who's nursing, right. uh, uh, you know, s- some injuries to basically go into a weightless environment. Yes. And then no, put so the body in stress. It seems I, I haven't heard agreed. that before, but as soon as you said it, I'm like, fuck, that's brilliant. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And that's a big reason why I've done it. So I've had numerous injuries, lower limb injuries, you know, shoulder surgeries and things like that. And so I've found the swimming pool uh, just to be a great way to move my body and also enhance my breathing and get my heart rate up a little bit. And it's easy. It's not hard on my body. It doesn't hurt my joints. I mean, cause I'm hard enough on my body as it is. I also have an assault bike um, at my house and I, I use that as well, but normally I, I prefer going outside. And so when I can be outside, I just jump in a pool for 10 minutes and go and that works for me. Uh, Christian Faison Tanner is the man. I'll, well, I'll be the determinant of that, but thank you for the, uh, Thank you, Christian. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Caleb, I'm so glad you're here, but buddy. I started panicking. God, I've become so needy. I've become so soft. When I don't see you on the back end, brother, I, I, I panic. Hi, Caleb. I panic. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Caleb Tanner, Tanner. Caleb. Pleasure. Um, nice I am, I'm going to uh, play this video here, and then after this, I'm going to relinquish the controls to Caleb. But uh, these are the kind of things that um, – it's it's hard. Well, it's hard to be unique in, in this space, but I'm just loving Tanner's stuff. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely loving it. Here we go. Sense nutrition advice. Do you Can know you why you're it? fat and feel like shit? Red meat. That's what's killing you. It has nothing to do with the fact that you drink alcohol regularly, sleep only five hours a night, rarely exercise, watch the news and live in a cycle of negativity. Don't get outside and eat a bunch of highly processed shit food. So if you want to get healthy, here's how to do it. Eliminate all personal responsibility. Never hold yourself accountable for the foods you eat or lack of physical activity. And lastly, blame all your life's problems on everyone else. Because remember, nothing's ever your fault and it has nothing to do with your negative attitude and unwillingness to help yourself. And if that doesn't work, just eliminate another entire food group like eggs or dairy and then start this process all over again. Common sense. When you um, when you think of this, are you just giggling inside? Are you just like, yeah, this is fucking crazy that I'm going to do this? Um, are you I just don't like it's more or less giggling? I'd, I'd say I just uh, everyone's saying the same thing, especially on social media, especially if you're a trainer. Everyone's saying the same thing, and so I just knew if I wanted people to hear what I was saying and for it to resonate with them, you needed to say it in a way where it it really makes people think about what they're do, what they're doing, their, you know, their behavior and things like that. So, and it's just the, how ridiculous some things are these days, especially with health and nutrition. I just wanted to put out, put it in a way where it kind of makes people like realize like, well, holy shit, man. So it's crazy. It's kind of profound in a way. So I, I don't giggle, but I just, I put it in a way where people aren't expecting to hear it. And so it actually makes them think about their behavior. That that's my whole podcast. I could just stop doing podcasts and just every every morning at seven a.m. instead of going live, I could just play that and save and save everyone. Yeah, I, I've I've done quite a few pieces of content, um, kind of using that method of reverse psychology, or you know, saying exactly what you would not expect me to say, and uh, I've gotten quite a bit of positive feedback with it. So 
it, I think it, I think it helps people. That's why I do uh, it. Kyle Landis. The sad thing is some people don't realize he's being sarcastic. You know, what's funny, Kyle is I was watching that last night and my wife was sitting next to me and she, she, it, it took her, it actually took me a few seconds too, because he heard, she saw the meat thing and she looked over and she's like, Oh, here we go again. And then, you know, 10 more seconds in, she figured out, Oh, he's being. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone that, you know, I'm a huge proponent of eating high quality animal foods and, uh, I eat red meat every day, multiple times a day. And, um, I feel great and I'm quite confident I'm healthier than or at least fitter than most people. I'd say that. Let me show you um, a crazy video someone sent me this morning. Uh, Caleb, do you see the one where it says uh, added sugar? I, I saw this. I don't think people realize what, how badly you can mess up your hormones by eating sugar. And that if you consume it on a massive, massive scale, you'll do irreversible damage to your uh, – th- this is my opinion. This is my opinion just from the little bit of facts that I know about hormones. You will – especially if you if you give it to young kids, um, you will change the course of their life forever and there will be no turning around. It's like if you bend the frame on a car. You can bend, you, you can right. bend the frame on that car and the car is totaled and you will not ever be able to get that uh, frame straight again. And if you consume too much sugar, especially at a young age, you'll have all sorts of uh, genital uh, um, issues also. Your testicles and your penis won't develop correctly. And there's some crazy shit that can happen to you. But as you get older, you will will retard yourself. You will cause it so that your brain can't even think clearly. And I've talked about it like this before. This is kind of my own uh, thing. The, the very first thing we all want to do, the most important thing is we want to breathe. And then once we get breathing down, uh, it starts, it's probably food. And then somewhere in there, in these two battle back and forth is uh, shelter and sex. Those two, you know, are, I think are interchangeable. And if right. anything gets in that hierarchy, like heroin or something, you, you will start to become subhuman you you won't be like the rest of us who have this protocol you won't be living in your in your natural state of breathing eating and then and then and by shelter i mean you know protection from alligators and falling right. coconuts and shit yeah. like that yeah and i think it's elements. maslow's hierarchy of needs if I'm not oh is mistaken. that what it is okay it's something along those lines i believe and and and, and, and you know i for guys i don't know about girls but um sex can really can can weave in there too at some at some weird uh, times I think some it, it, that it's a it's a powerful force. It's that certainly is hormones. Hormones in general are a very powerful force. And so this is probably the worst thing I think you can do um, that's readily available to humanity uh, if you, if you want to fuck with your foundation. Um, we had a uh, Patrick bed David on, I don't know if you know who that is, but we, you know, one of the things he did, he has the, he's an entrepreneur. He has the largest entrepreneurial YouTube channel on wow. YouTube. Cool guy, you know, worth, you know, $300 million. And he said it when I can't remember how old he was, but at one point he told himself that he's not going to have sex again until he, ha- he makes a million dollars. So he even leveraged that, you know, yeah. against himself. That's a certainly that's a certainly a, a good way to ensure your own success. <laughs> okay, and uh, action. First, you have with your cola. I have five, but I ain't got a spoon, so I'll just use what's left. 
This is disturbing even. This is like watching one of those films. How many sugars do you have in your coat? You ever seen those films where it's like a guy's walking down the street of some like in Philadelphia or somewhere and there's just people laid out everywhere shooting drugs? This is like that to me. It's just disturbing to me. Yeah, sugar's a... it's extremely powerful. I think I've I've seen a YouTube video where they were running tests on mice and they're testing which one mice prefer between sugar and cocaine and actually sugar beats out cocaine. Wow. So yeah, it's uh it's 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 insane, you know, and honestly, the food industry is it's an evil industry, especially, you know, since processed foods um really became so prevalent all over the world, especially I think nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties, they really just saw the um whole world population health just decline dramatically. So it's uh man, you know, the food industry, or you could say greed, what, you know, it's the same, essentially it's all based on money and making and greed, but it's a, yeah, it's a pretty evil, evil industry. And I always encourage people to eliminate processed foods or at least try to consume as much real whole high quality foods as possible. You see, um, you know, you go to Cirque du Soleil and it's like a lady riding a unicycle. You're like, that's cool. And then, and then, and then she holds like a guy on top of her and then you're like, holy shit. And then the guy's juggling and you're like, holy shit. And then another unicycle comes out and they start juggling back and forth. And it's another guy on top of another girl's shoulders. And you're like, what the fuck? And you're like, man, how long did they practice that? And you have this anxiety as you watch it. And and you're like, I've never seen this before. That's why I paid, you know, $179 for this ticket. Right. When I, when I watched that girl put that sugar in the cola, it took no work, but I'd never seen that before. Have you ever seen – but I get that same feeling that I get from being at Cirque du Soleil. Like, holy shit, someone stop her. Yeah, no, I've uh, – Like, like what, she's juggling knives. Like, what is she doing? I've never seen anyone add sugar to cola. I'm just like, someone yeah. – does anyone love her? Honestly, it's, I think it comes down to just a lot of parenting and conditioning, <laughs> you know, the way you're brought up. And um, it's unfortunate, just lack of education on some people with, you know, even how basic nutrition is. Most people are still lack the most basic nutritional knowledge. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, this, it's the world we live in. And and she's for sure on medications that, that I think that's a girl. I can't even tell because that's one of the things that I think it was a girl too, but I, I mean, I would presume she is, but you know, who knows? That it will also, uh, what I've noticed is people who consume just sugar like that on that level, they start to become androgynous. Like I can't tell the difference. I don't, why don't we use that word more? Now it's like all these crazy new words I have to learn, like non-binary and all this whole new. How about what's androgynous mean? Am I using that word right, Caleb? You should look that up because I, you know, I'm, I'll be hundred percent honest. I'm not exactly sure of the of the definition. Uh, I know, I know, endogenous and, and exogenous. But uh, I've heard the best way, the best way to communicate is to people is just to use words as simply as possible. Yeah. Partly male and partly female. Yeah. Ah, Okay. Yeah. That that, that, that would be accurate then. I I assume she was female, but I mean, yeah, she could probably fit that description. Yeah. That could have easily, that could have easily have been a uh, boy. Uh, Hartle. uh, Thank you. Yes. Uh, Words definitely do matter. I went to I went to a medical site today. I was looking something up, and there was a note at the top of the article. It says gender and sex are on um, spectrums, and I'm just like you fucking idiots. And I just closed the article. I have no faith in a medical uh, 
a, a medical website that thinks that sex is on a spectrum. I, I, I don't, um, I don't agree. Yeah. There's, I know there's a lot of, uh, I, I mean, I haven't lived in the United States for like 10 years, but there's a lot of, I feel like gender roles and specifics and things that are going on now that I don't really understand, but you know, if you want to be politically correct, you need to be that way, I suppose. Yeah. Well, they conflated the two words. Even a lot of smart people are conflating the two words. Um, I just think as gender is something in your imagination, right? Like, uh, and I used Baryshnikov from Russia as the perfect example. He wore black tights and a wife beater. And in the United States, that would be considered a feminine outfit, but he's one of the most, and he did ballet and yet he's one of the most masculine fucking, you know, badasses that ever lived. And so gender is just your imagination and a social construct. And just like, I, I don't even, I'm 50. I don't even know what my gender is. I don't even consider, I just know that when I pee, I have a dick and that makes me a man. I think you, that's very sound logic, Savon. I like that. Thank you. And I do own some power tools, but I suck at using them. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I, if it makes you feel any better, I don't, I'm, I'm the worst handyman ever. I'm, I'm much better at working out than I am like building shelves. Uh, the first, um, the first CrossFit Games uh, champion uh, champions were um, Jolie Gentry and James Fitzgerald. Um, Jolie Gentry uh, was a police officer, and we know that the CrossFit has its roosts in first responders. Uh, we had a ton of first responders uh, always at the games in the early years competing, and then the and James Fitzgerald was uh, also he was a professional athlete who kind of who didn't succeed in his goals. He wanted to be a professional soccer player. Yeah, that's a lot of CrossFitters, I feel like. Yes. And then we had Miko Salo. He wanted to be a professional soccer player, but he was also a firefighter. Yes. Um, and, and so I've always thought of, and, and the list goes on and on, you had uh, Katie Motter, who was, uh, I believe she was drafted into the, the owner of uh, Rogue Fitness. I believe she was drafted into the NBA, but it didn't work, or the WNBA, but it didn't work out. And so there's this, uh, you had uh, Annie Thor's daughter. She was a pole vaulter. And you basically have these athletes where their professional careers or aspirations kind of come to a stop and then, or their first responders, you know, like Josh Bridges, who they use this fitness program in order to save their lives. You know, what, um, can, can you give us a little bit of, of your, your journey? Like, uh, where were you born? I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but, uh, I was, wow. I, grew, I grew up in Chugiak, Alaska. And wow. Then, and then, um, I moved back to. Tulsa for high school. And then I attended uh, college in Houston, Texas, where I played football. So a po you were a, like a podunk boy, you're a country boy, like uh, yeah, small I, town. I wouldn't exactly consider myself country. Like, so I was born in Tulsa and then grew up as a kid in Chugiak, Alaska. And I wouldn't consider a, where I grew up in Alaska as a podunk. Um, you wouldn't, well, how many people live there? Oh, man, honestly, I haven't lived there for so long. I couldn't tell you, but I, I would venture to say, I don't know. Did you have stoplights in your 50, town? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I had a stoplight. I had a stoplight. It's, I, I know it's much more developed now. So I, I moved, moved away from there in 2002. So how did you get 20, up there? Why, why did your parents move there? Work? Uh, yeah, work. My, my mom got a job and, and my dad is as well. Wow. What and did so they it, do it was, up there? Uh, my mom was a nurse and then my dad had a few different jobs, but uh, mainly he was a welder fabricator. Um, wow. But yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, Alaska's beautiful, beautiful place. But um, and then I had aspirations. I knew I wanted to play football in college and the opportunities to get recruited, you know, in Chugiak, Alaska are far less than, you know, getting recruited, you know, say from Oklahoma or Texas or somewhere. And so I took that pretty seriously. And um, 
luckily I, I went back to Tulsa, Oklahoma and had a pretty, had a successful high school career in football and then was able to uh, go to Rice University and play college football. Did you, you so, played football in Alaska? I played football, yeah, as a kid, but then I played high school football in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then I played college football in Houston, Texas. Okay. Do they play high, do they play football in Alaska? Where would the kids play? Yeah. Yeah, Where, they do. Indoors? Uh, no, they play outdoors. They just start the season, I think, two months earlier. So, And still they run into winter, you know, towards the end of the season, but they just start the season earlier. Wow. So, crazy. Yeah. yeah no, and when you – Alaska is it's a it's a developed developed no, state. It's, it's no, good. no, no. You can't convince me. You can't. <laughs> All right. Well, if you ever get an opportunity to visit there, I would highly recommend it. It's beautiful. Just go. It's, make sure you go towards June and July when it's summer. It's the only state that I have not uh, visited. I've always wanted to drive there from California. Yeah. You, if you ever have the opportunity, you should. I, I recommend it. Have you ever driven from the um, continental United States to Alaska or either? I have, well. I guess technically I have. So when I was a baby, I suppose, but I don't remember it. So right. I know my parents drove from Oklahoma up to Alaska when we moved up there, but I mean, I don't really have any recollection of that. Do you have siblings? I have an older sister. I do. Yep. But um, I, I've kind of back to your question. I, I fell into CrossFit. It was a very similar story. So I was a college athlete and I wasn't able to play football in the NFL, which that was always my dream. And then I, I found CrossFit. And I quickly realized, all right, well, if I'm not going to play football, then I'm just going to work out. I'm just going to, you know, make a, make a, make a living working out. So that's, that's what I pursued. What position in football? I played defense linebacker and safety in college. And, and, I, I, looked, I looked a bit different than I did now. I was probably about 30 pounds heavier. And how tall are you? 5'11". And, and how close did you get? To the NFL? Yeah. I, I wouldn't say close. Um, you know, I had a really good high school career, but my college football experience was less than stellar. I'll put it that way, but that really wasn't in my hands. I uh, didn't exactly see eye to eye with my coaches and um, that's, that's not making an excuse or anything. I just didn't, I didn't have a great college football experience and I didn't, I did not get on with my coaches. So, but I still did. I did the rice pro day. I tried, I, I took it as far as I could. And I realized like if I would have wanted to play professionally, Perhaps I could have, but it would have been like an arena league or a small league. And, you know, once I found CrossFit, I realized like, all right, you know what? I could probably be pretty good at this. And so once I finished up doing my pro day, I just like went all in on CrossFit. And then that brought me kind of outside the United States. So brought me kind of, yeah, kind of led me to where I am today in a way. What is that? Um, what does that mean that you didn't get along with your, your, your coaches? Well, Basically, it means that I played my sophomore and junior year, but, you know, my uh, redshirt senior year, my fourth and fifth year, I didn't play. I just basically sat the bench and I played scout team. And there there were some events that happened during my career um, that basically really weren't good. And You went to jail. Was, you went to jail. I didn't go to jail. I, uh, <laughs> I'll just put it this way. Alcohol was involved. And... Um, one of our, one of my teammates was acting inappropriately, you know, and, um, I handled it. I handled it in a way that was probably a far, a bit too aggressive. And he was kind of a, an important player on our team, but, uh, so yeah, there, there, there was, there was politics involved in that for sure. I know that for sure. And I had a position coach that in my opinion, he, his personality and my personality were just basically polar opposites. 
he was a very uh, negative coach, you know, would never, never say anything good. And that's just the way he coached, not just me, but everyone like that. And it just really, uh, he and I just really not like butted heads a lot. And so they kind of wrote me off and I didn't, I wasn't able to, you know, didn't matter what I did, didn't matter how good I was, how hard I worked, you know, I was sitting the bench no matter what. So that's kind of, that's kind of the way it went. Yeah. It, um, it's crazy that you would play two years and then not your, and then not your last two years. I'm guessing that the guy who came on to replace you wasn't better than you. I, I mean, this is, you know, this is 10 years ago, Savon. So it's, 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 yeah. I don't really want to, I'm not one to really live in the past, but I'll, uh, I'll put it this way. Like I worked really hard. I did everything I could, you know, to, I guess be on, you know, contribute to my team. But, you know, when you're on a college football team, you're, you don't have control of your life, but you know, the coaches are going to determine who's going to play, who's going to, who's going to get on the field and who's going to set the bench. And I know there's, I'm not the only player, you know, that's experienced this, you know, a lot of this happens to guys all over the country. It's happening to guys right now, you know? So when you, that, that's the the best thing that happened to me, honestly, was when college football ended, I like was able to pursue CrossFit and that's obviously an individual sport. Mm -hmm. And so then I had control over my life and do that. And so Playing college football, I mean, I made the best friends of my life, but, you know, I have very bitter uh, memories and I kind of a, a bitter, bitter sentiments about it just because, like, I wasn't in control of my life no matter what I did. I uh, I used to watch football as a kid, and I and the, my team was the Raiders. The Raiders yeah. and the Niners. I, was, I lived in yeah, the Bay I was Area. A, I was a Niners fan, too. Yep. And I remember when they benched Marcus Allen because of problems he was having with the owner, Al Davis. And, and that was like, I, I just could not figure it out. You're paying this guy to play, but because you don't get along with him, you put him on the bench. It was crazy. It's man. That's what I, I'd say. I mean, and I, I can't speak for anyone else. I'm just telling my personal experience and how I feel about it. And I mean, right. I just did not have a good experience, you know, playing college football. And uh, once I was done, I was done. I never looked really back at it and I just kind of went all into CrossFit, but yeah, you just, I just remember being kind of really unhappy because like I didn't have control no matter what I did. It didn't matter. Um, is it was, uh, this guy, uh, Chase Bryan is saying, um, ask Tanner about Alan Trimble. Was that the coach there? So Chase Bryan, Hey Chase, um, he and I were high school teammates, you know, and friends. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, he actually messaged me, asked me if I was gonna be on this podcast. Cause he's, he's obviously an avid listener to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I um, see him in the comments. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Awesome dude. Um, Alan Trimble was an incredible coach. And like I said, I had a, uh, I had an exceptional high school football career and I'm, I'm saying that with humility, but, uh, I had a really good career. And then I just went to college, you know, I was loaded with confidence. I felt really good about everything. I was always a really hardworking guy, but it just, like I said, you know, once I got on the wrong side of my coaches, it didn't matter what, what happened, but my high school football career was great. Alan Trimble, you know, rest in peace. He was a incredible man, incredible leader, and I felt very privileged to play for him at Jinx High School. Oh wow! Okay, he was your high, he yeah. was your high school coach. He was, yeah. So you get out of um, <clears throat> you get out of college, and you're all alone there. There's no there's no one. Your family's not with you. Yeah, no. So yeah, my family was in uh, Tulsa, and I mean, I was down in Houston, and like at, at that point in my life, I was actually was actually at a, a kind of a low point, like. I had, I lost purpose. You know, I'd finished up college. Um, you know, I got two degrees and a minor, but I knew I wasn't cut out for a nine to five job. And I knew I didn't want to work in a suit. You know, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just knew that wasn't for me. 
And, you know, one thing I just always really loved was working out. And so my uh, transition into CrossFit was quite easy. Like I said, like the first time I ever saw CrossFit on ESPN, I, I knew, all right, well, if I can't play football, I'm doing that. And so that really took me out of the United States. So I, I moved to the Philippines because I wanted to compete in the Asia regional because it was a weaker regional and I wanted to go to the games. And so I did that, almost went to the games my first year, but uh, I made a really bad mistake on the workout on the very first workout, Jackie. And this is in 2013. And then that brought me to Dubai where I am today, where I was coaching CrossFit. And then uh, I had quite a bit of success competing here in Dubai, but then just injuries kind of really, you know, took my career, like really to kind of decimated my career, if that makes sense. And still battling back but I, I do hope i can compete in crossfit again maybe as a master how old are you i'm 35 oh w w is is this year even a possibility uh realistically next season it i may register for the open as a master but i was my plan is probably to, to take the entire year of 2023 to continue training because I'm, I'm recovering from a pretty serious ankle injury that I suffered a year ago. And so I'm still rehabilitating my ankle and my legs. Like I've had like 11 knee surgeries. So my knees are not in great shape and I'm doing everything I can to rehabilitate my knees and to strengthen my legs back to where they would need to be. So I can compete at the level that I know I'm capable of. So it's, we'll see. I'm not, I'm not ruling it out, but 2024, my eyes are more set on 2024. It would be pretty, uh, it sounds like, uh, Rich Froning's going to compete this year as an individual. Ah, man, I hope he does. I look forward to watching him. And he would be in your division. Uh, yeah, I think I think he's just a so little. You could compete against him. That would be pretty cool just to do that. Man, it would honestly, it would be an honor and a privilege just to be able to compete at that high of a level again. And if I could compete against Rich Froning, that would be incredible. That'd be an honor. I've never met the guy. I've always wanted to. Yeah, cool as shit. Um, I wonder if that's going to how much that's going to affect um, that category. Mean, meaning, I, like so many people, like you know, more people think, are going to enter with just for the opportunity to say, "Hey, I can." Yeah, that's right. that's you know, that's it's. A, I mean, he's going to bring a lot of validity sense. to that division. Yeah, no, I mean, people absolutely. are going to start arguing that the winner of that could beat the games athlete. I mean, it's going to people are going to propose it. It's yeah, no, for sure. I mean. And there, I think there would be validity in that argument. I mean, Rich Froning is, I mean, he's Rich Froning. What, what can you say about him? So right. it's, it, I'm really looking forward to watching him compete and to see, you know, what level, um, you know, of fitness he can bring um, at that age, you know? So it's exciting. Cause I mean, he's obviously pushed the boundaries and, and I'm excited to know like what's possible. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think definitely a lot more people will be paying attention to that master's category when he enters, cause he's just such, you know, I mean, he's a legend, big name. I, I, I want to um, go back in the story to uh, when you got out and in, in, in your first CrossFit competition, but first, cause I don't want to forget this story either. If I heard you write one of the other podcasts is you had a 500 pound deadlift and you met a guy named Mark, you went out, you found a, you wanted a, you, you saw a guy named Mark deadlift 900 pounds. And you're like, I yeah. wonder if this guy can put a hundred pounds on my deadlift. Right. I'm wondering if you could sort of, um, in detail, tell us about that journey. Yeah. How, how do you put on a hundred pounds on your deadlift and, and how long did that take? Uh, it took me from January of 2021 to November of 2021. So it took me 10 months. And I know that sounds, that sounds um, kind of quite absurd, but 
Mark Mark Boyd is his name. I mean, he's a strength specialist and he's in a was an elite strong man. And uh basically we just started a linear progression program. And I wasn't doing as much CrossFit at that time. Like I dedicated solely 10 months, basically just to deadlift as much weight as I possibly could. Cause it was a lifetime goal of mine to deadlift over 600 pounds. What and does I that thought, mean? Linear progression? That, what is it? So that that's uh, basically you're just lifting heavier and heavier week after week and dropping the reps. It's a, it's, it's a very common way for power lifters and strong men to train. And basically I wasn't doing much CrossFit from January through November, I was still doing a little bit, but mainly my main focus was just getting as strong as possible with my deadlift. Cause you know, I've, I've had a decent deadlift, but it was a goal of mine. I want to deadlift 600 pounds, you know, some, something that I just really wanted to do. And my knees at the time weren't really as healthy as they are now. So I really wasn't doing much squatting or anything like that. And I'm the kind of guy that I need purpose in my training and I need to have a goal. And so my goal, I just made it my goal, like, all right, I'm going to deadlift 600 pounds. And so I found the the best guy in Dubai to teach me how to do that. And so I worked with Mark, like I said, for about 10 months and we worked through it and it wasn't a hundred pounds per se. So the first, my first workout with him, um, I deadlifted, uh, 230 kg, which is, I think like five ten. I did that for two and a half reps, two reps. And so that was a starting point. And then we just basically built it up from there. And I mean, it culminated in November when I deadlifted 605, but then like a so fucking crazy. idiot, fucking idiot. I was so jacked up and ecstatic that I deadlifted the weight. I literally slammed the bar down and then it landed on my knee and it broke my ankle. So I, I literally broke my own ankle because of my stupidity, I suppose. Yeah. It's, man, I don't even like watching the video. It's is that the, vi- is that the video? That's a picture of it. I, I think that I might have deleted the video because I can't stand watching it. I have the video on my phone. Um, Crazy. So yeah. from there, you you pushed the weight down and your and your so, knees were in front of it. Yeah, exactly. And like I had deadlifted like 585, like probably a month before that. And I, I was jacked up and I slammed the bar because I just deadlifted six plates. And I was like, fuck yeah, this is dude. I was jacked up. I don't know. I mean, so ecstatic that I threw the bar down and it was all good. And then I hit my goal. Like I've been working hard towards it for like 10 months straight. And I mean, I fucking pulled, you know, 275 kg or 605 pounds. So dude, obviously I was really happy with it. And especially like I, I would consider myself as CrossFitter. And there's not a lot of guys pulling 600 pounds that are, you know, CrossFitters. Right. So then I did it and man, just like an idiot, I just slammed it down. It landed on my right knee and then it broke my right ankle because of all the did, force. Did you know it broke your ankle right away? I knew that I really fucked my ankle up. I mean, I, what's odd is like I did the same thing to my left ankle when I in college. So, and I knew, like, I knew I've had so many injuries that I know when I have an injury, and oh I knew that God. I knew it was pretty severe because my ankle swelled up immediately as well. So, yeah, it was uh, not, not my finest moment. Chase, I watched but, the video many times. Great. Yeah. Uh, do you know her, Jamie Latimer? About to see him in a few hours. Do you train with her? Oh God. I don't, Jamie, if I'm really sorry. I think she was talking about Rich. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay, good. She's like, training. Right. Okay. She's going to the Legends competition, I think. Oh, okay. amazing. Okay, good. I was like, oh, geez, I hope I'm not. 
It's good. Um, I, I, I want to go back and get a little more details about your training for that. But uh, this, I sure. was actually wondering this too. How so during this time when you're when you're working and you're and you and I, I don't believe you by the way when you say you're not doing a lot of you weren't doing a lot of CrossFit because I know how you guys are. It's probably you weren't doing a lot of CrossFit relative to what you do, but to what the yeah. rest of us do, you were probably still getting it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, you're, that's that's accurate. I was probably hitting at least like two or three CrossFit style workouts a week still. Um, uh, during that time, do you start doing a lot of accessory work too? Like things like the slack block, you know, what's crazy. I just saw that comment. I'm not sure what a slack block was, but, uh, no, actually, I got to show you, you're going to fucking love it. Go on. All right. But the the approach I took when I started specializing towards a deadlift, Mm -hmm. I actually, I did less and I just, I just did more deadlifts and I did different variations of deadlifts. And also, I mean, like, my coach, Mark, like, you know, credit to him. Like he's, uh, he's actually younger than I am, but I mean, he's deadlifted like 900 pounds and about this, uh, he was a little heavier than I am, but I mean, he pulled basically a f- over a four times body weight deadlift, which is wow. unheard of. It's insane, yep. you know? And so, and, but he, he took him years to do it. You know, he failed numerous times, but, uh, basically when I made the goal, I like, I reached out to the most knowledgeable and best person I could in Dubai to teach me how to do it. Cause I didn't really want to do it with like an online coach. I wanted in-person training. So I'm a trainer and I, I hired my own trainer to, to get me there. Yeah. And you're an, and yeah. you're an amazing trainer and the two podcasts I listen to, man, you really say all the, it's so obvious your passion. Um, we'll get to this, but the, the bits where you talk about training people to get their first pull up and how rewarding that is, or even people to be able to do something as simple as a ring row, it just yeah. screams how legit you are. And it's, it's funny. I, I literally just two days ago, I made up another piece of content about that and just about how important it is to, for people just to master the most basic exercises, you know, and if you want to unlock anything else, like anything else advanced, you know, in your training, you must have a foundation of the basics first, but so many people want to skip over that and they want to do fancy exercises without putting in the work. And, you know, basically they're just going in circles because, you're never going to get a muscle up until you've mastered strict pull-ups or strict dips. Does that make sense? So it's, I don't know why people don't see that, but it's a message I've been preaching for years now. And I'll uh, continue to, Glassman, to show that. Glassman says, part of Glassman says he wishes he would have never introduced the kipping pull-up. It disgusts him to see people getting kipping pull-ups before they have like yeah, you know, a year I, of pull-ups. Yeah. And I, I, I agree on that. And it's, yeah. And that's, that's, that's honestly one of the, my biggest pet peeves with CrossFit. I mean, I have a few other things. I mean, I, in general, I love CrossFit, but there's a few problems with it, you know, but I mean, it's, it's really hard to manage and control, but yeah, that, that's one thing. And just the lack of mastering foundation, developing foundational strength for most people, that's the biggest problem. And I, I coached CrossFit for six years and I've coached thousands of hours and thousands of classes. And I got to the point where I came, I became kind of disenchanted with it because people always wanted to do just Metcon, 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 and something new, something new every day. And there just wasn't enough emphasis on mastering the most basic foundational movements, such as squats, push-ups, rows, strict pull-ups, these kind of things. And you can't go anywhere unless you've mastered the basics. You know, another thing he was uh, really into that doesn't get translated well to CrossFit is since Greg's background was being a gymnast, he was really into negatives. 
And that's yeah. how I learned to muscle up. I just heard, I yeah, hung absolutely. some rings under some stairs and I would just do negatives every single day. I would do yeah. 10 negatives. The first one would be fast and slower and slower. And then by the 10th one, when I was warmed up, I would do it as slow as I could. Absolutely. I and just did negatives. I did negatives today with my client, you know, and yeah. that's a, that's a what that's negative, a what movement, what movement, strip pull up, strip pull up. I do tons of, I have this little kid's gymnastic set and I do, I do, even though I can do bar muscle ups and, and muscle ups, I do tons of negative still. I put, uh, I do, uh, get on, I just jump up to the top, you know, of the bar yeah. and slowly lower myself and I do sets of three and, and maybe 10 of those. And then I'll put on a 16 pound weight vest and do the same thing. And yeah, I always, and once I'm warm, I, it feels so great. Yeah. And that's, the, that's honestly one of the best ways to train it and develop, you know, the requisite strength to do those things. Cause when you're kipping so much more force is going through your joints and tendons and ligaments. And if you're not ready for that, it's just kind of an injury waiting to happen. So yeah. you, I, I do almost exclusively strict work. I've been doing more kipping lately just because I've been doing more CrossFit lately, but I would spend majority of my time always doing strict work, strict dips, strict handstand pushups, strict muscle ups, strict legless rope climbs, all that kind of stuff. So I'm a huge proponent of developing strict strength. And and the strict handstand pushup is pretty wild too. I I never mastered that, but I've had I had some some. That's a hard. It, honestly, it's a harder one. And some people are just really good at them, and some people are just really bad at them. I've discovered that you know it's 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 highly uh, variable, especially that movement. Like um, a perfect example is like Laura Horvath. Uh-huh. She's you know one of the fittest women in the world, but you know she can't do a single strict parallel handstand pushup. So it's, it's, that's a, that's a tricky movement. This, the, the strict handstand pushup, it's very tricky for a lot of people. The, the strict one I'm good with. It's the kip that. The, oh, the sh- kipping. Yeah. Okay. There's some shit gets weird on the kipping. Yeah. That's a, that's a matter of just kind of skill acquisition and practice. I presume. Thank you, Mason. Thank you. Yeah. That's the first time in 700 shows. That's the first time I've seen that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, um, uh, what, what do you think? Uh, uh, I want to get back to deadlifts and back to football. Sure. Um, but, uh, what do you think Laura's, it, it, do you think you could coach Laura into getting strict handstand pushups? What do you think the issue is there? Some people say it's just, she's just too big that she's going to have to fucking lose 10 pounds. Well, again, I've never met her. I don't know what kind of, I, I, I wouldn't say that first off. I tell her, I would never tell her that she couldn't do something. Cause I think any coach that tells you, you can't do something is a terrible coach. So I would definitely mm-hmm. instill word that she has self-belief that she can do it. Um, and I'm, um, you know, Strict handstand pushup, that's a matter of how strong you are relative to your body weight. So I think losing some weight would, yeah, benefit her for sure. But, you know, that may be at detriment to other areas of her fitness. So that, that's, a, that's you know, the kind of the catch-22 with, you know, high-level CrossFit. You know, if you give up one thing to, to gain another. So it's it's tricky. But in general, I'm a huge proponent of if you're going to be an elite CrossFitter, you want to be as strong and as lean as possible and you want – as much weight on your body working for you and as little weight on your body working against you. So I've always been, I've always maintained a very lean, um, shape, you know, being, you know, in my physique. So like, you know, I want everything in my body working for me, you know, not, not against me. So like I'm I'm always, I'm always quite lean because I just, it helps your gymnastics and your body movement so much. 15 years consumed a shitload of media. I've never heard anyone say that. And, and, and that, and it's like, duh, you want to be as strong as you can and as lean as you can. So normally I walk around at 165. When I drop down to 150, it's almost feels like I could do a one arm muscle up. 
it, it yeah. like all of a sudden yeah. it feels like I'm fucking holding helium balloons. I can't even believe how easy the first couple are. It's like yeah. easier than a pull up even. It's weird. Yeah, well, if you think about it, I mean, if you're holding extra body fat, it's literally the same thing as wearing a weight vest around all the time, but you just don't realize it. That's just weight, useless dead weight that you're holding on to and having to move. And so you, you, don't, you don't want that on your body, especially if you're trying to be an elite CrossFitter. Um, no one along that same line, just to keep beating this dead horse, no one's ever won the New York city marathon, uh, who's not dehydrated. Yeah, that's, that's they, they are yeah. they are severely dehydrated when they cross the finish line and, sure. and that and, and so some people would be like well if you're dehydrated it's not optimal performance that's ah, not at this elite level there are some things that you have to really uh work um it's it's i was really happy to hear you say that what do you weigh what, what do you weigh i i fluctuate between 200 and 205 depending on the day how much water i've drank or how much sodium i've had up but my body fat generally stays around between eight and 12%. I don't mean, I don't measure it every day, but I have a pretty good indicator. You know, as long as I can see my um, veins in my lower abdomen, that's a pretty good indicator that you're like around sub 10% body fat. So I always maintain the visibility of my, you know, veins in my lower abdomen, if that makes sense. I don't have veins in my lower abdomen. You do. You just, they, you just need to lose a bit of weight and they'll, they'll show up. Everyone's got them. <laughs> Uh, I knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to get away with that. I knew I wasn't going to get away with that. Um, so, so you go in there and you have, and and your baseline is uh, a little over 500 pound deadlift and you start doing the training you, you were saying was a variety of deadlifts. Can you give us, is it the same training every week basically, but just at you just keep adding a little weight? I I could walk you through that. It's quite simple. So basically what, when I start, when I did the first workout with him, he realized like my leg drive was an issue, which wasn't surprising at all. Cause I hadn't been able to squat for like eight or nine years. So I knew my legs, my legs were quite weak, but you know, my back is pretty strong. My posterior chain is pretty strong. So what we did is we started working leg drive in which we did that with heavy leg presses and also safety bar back squats. That's just to improve your leg drive. And I wasn't doing like a full 90 degree squat. It was, it was basically about 90 degrees, not below parallel, I should say basically just trying to get my legs as strong as I could to mimic the starting position of the deadlift. And then I just did different variations of the deadlifts, whether that be, you know, normal conventional deadlifts, then deadlifts from blocks. So where the bar with the plates are raised on like a two inch block and then also deficit deadlifts, stiff legged deadlifts. And that's really was the bulk of my training. And each week we did a couple peaks. So we, we did like a six week peak. I maxed out and then brought it back down and then built back up from there. So it was a very, um, strategic approach, you know, very periodized and all planned out and it worked. And it, it all, the, another reason it worked, I should say, is because I believed in it. You know, any program works if you believe in it. And I also was incredibly consistent. I didn't miss a single workout with them week after week after week, you know, so being consistent in self-belief is that's probably the most important thing in any program you follow, but that's kind of what I did. And then as the weights got heavier, I stripped away, you know, one deadlift variation, you know, so say one workout I was doing, regular deadlifts, block pulls, um, stiff legged deadlifts and deficit deadlifts. So as the weight got heavier, I, maybe I would take away the deficit deadlifts. Then I would lift as heavy as I could on block pulls, stiff legs and regular deadlifts. Then when, when I could no longer do stiff legged deadlifts, I dropped those. And then I only did block pulls and normal deadlifts. And then when I could no longer do the deadlifts, I only did the block pulls and I, I worked up to a one rep max on a block pull. And so that allowed me to lift heavier weight than I ever have before you know, basically priming my body and my central nervous system 
to be ready to handle, you know, a 600 pound deadlift. And so it was a very planned out periodized approach. Um, sumo deadlifts. Did you do those? No, sumo deadlifts. I don't, I'm not a fan of sumo deadlifts in general. Um, I almost said something really bad, but I shouldn't do that because there's nothing wrong with sumo deadlifts. Say it, but, say it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so I was going to say sumo deadlifts are for pussies, but no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't actually <laughs> believe that. I don't believe that, you know, I have, you know, power lifters probably yelling at me right now, trying to punch me through the screen. Um, but how dare you? Uh, yeah. How dare me. Right. And I'm not a power lifter, you know, I'm not a power lifter and I, I respect power lifters and they're, they're way stronger than I am, but I, I want to, I'm only do conventional deadlifts because I want to compete in CrossFit again. And I've never, sumo deadlifts never been tested in CrossFit. Not to say it won't be, but the bottom line is your leverages and the distance you're lifting the bar is far different when you're doing a sumo deadlift and it's far easier. That's why the, the best deadlifters in the world are always pulling sumo. The heaviest deadlifts in the world are sumo deadlifts. Unless you're strong, man, they're doing conventional deadlifts, but they're using straps. And so they're not really hanging onto the bar. So I, 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 when I was training for my deadlift, I used a basic ass rogue barbell, a stiff bar. I used metal plates because that's what they had at the gym. No straps, no nothing. I did it to mimic what I would be doing in a CrossFit competition because that's what I wanted to carry over to. Um, what happened with your squatting? And if you can't squat, how are you going to compete? So basically I've had 11 knee surgeries since 2014 and I've had a really severe on left. both knees or just one, both knees. I had a, damn man, I, I don't want to bore the audience with all my no. knee surgeries. But. People like caring about it because other people have had knee surgeries. So it gives them hope that they sure. can get back. You can certainly do a lot. So I'll make a long story short, but my last competition was in 2014 and, um, I won that. And then I knew my body was, you won the Dubai fitness championship. I did. Yeah. In 2014, you took first place. Yes. Who took second? Uh, Nico, third. Nico took second that year. Yeah. He's a three times athlete. Oh yeah. He was strong as shit. If it's the same guy I'm thinking too, he had some fucked up form. He was like one of the, if it's the same guy I'm thinking he had the worst form of any CrossFit Games athlete I ever saw, and yet he was a horse. His form could be better. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't put it so eloquently as you, but um, <laughs> you know, it's uh, he. Uh, Miko is an incredible guy. I actually know him quite well. He's still in Dubai and still training. He actually just won a, a competition like a couple of weeks ago. But uh, yeah, he was an exceptional, sectional CrossFitter. Still is. Um, his form, you know. It works for him. I'll put it that way. Yeah. So there you go right there. But uh, he got second that year. And then, um, yeah, I, for, I, I almost I forgot the question. So I, after I won that competition, I knew my body was a wreck. Like I had to have shoulder surgery and my, I had no meniscus left in my right knee. So literally I was bone on bone. And so that's what kind of started, you know, the issues with my knees. I had to, I got a meniscectomy, but then the doctor went in there and realized, there's nothing to take out because your meniscus is gone. It's literally just floating around in my knee. And so my, my femur and my uh, tibia were just mashing together and I was wearing out the cartilage, the articular cartilage. And so that doctor, the literally that doctor said, you need to stop doing CrossFit and you just need to stop being active and wait till you're 40 to have a knee replacement. That's what that doctor told me. Why wait till 40? Why not just do it right then and there? Just because, uh, when you have a knee replacement, generally they're only good for like 10 or 15 years and you want to put them off as, as much as possible. Oh, but that, that was bad advice. That was terrible advice, by the way. So 
I refuse to believe that because he told me to, he told me to quit CrossFit, and I said, you know, fuck that guy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking no for an answer. And so then I did a lot of research all over, and then I found a highly specialized doctor that specializes in meniscus transplants. And so then I flew from Dubai to San Francisco, California. To, to oh, Doctor Stone. Yeah, Kevin Stone. Yeah, that, that guy's. Yeah, he's a very he's, he's world renowned actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, I spent about half the money I won in that competition getting a new meniscus. <laughs> did, he, did he give you the one that he invented, or did you get a cadaver? I got a cadaver. So yeah, I, I'm familiar with the one you're talking about. I don't know if that ever got passed in the U.S. to, to okay. work. So okay. I have a cadaver meniscus in my right knee, and I had to replace my ACL as well. I had I had a bunch of other issues, and then and, and, and did you like him? Did you like the experience? Yeah, I did. I did. Well, I have mixed emotions about it. I mean, for the, my right knee, he did amazing. He fixed my right knee, gave me a new meniscus, and I'm, my right knee feels good right now. And I'm thankful. Hopefully, it will. Fingers crossed. But um, I ended up having left knee quadricep tendon issues in my left knee, I think, because I was compensating so long um, for my right knee with my left knee. So then I developed a pretty severe case of like patellar tendonitis. And uh, I just didn't want to, I wanted to get back to competing so bad that I was very impatient and very, you know, just young and kind of immature. And I ended up having surgery, you know, a two surgeries on my left quadriceps tendon that I probably did not need. It could have been rehabilitated properly without surgery. And actually Dr. Stone performed a surgery on my left knee that kind of really negatively affected the tendon. And I'm still, still kind of affected by that. Like my left quadriceps tendon is still kind of, it's not, not a hundred percent. And I still just have to work through it. So I've, he's, he's an amazing doctor, but one surgery he did on me just didn't, was, I don't, I think it was very premature if that makes sense. Did you have to pay for that out of pocket? Yeah, I paid. He doesn't take insurance. That guy's such an elite doctor. He, he literally only does cash. So yeah, I did. Uh, and you spend, how much did you spend over there? In total for both surgeries? Yeah. So he actually did surgery on my shoulder too. So he actually, he's done three knee surgeries on me. He did one on my right knee, a big one. And then he did two surgeries. One was a minor arthroscopy that didn't fix the issue that I was having in my, my quad tendon. So then he did another one where basically he like sewed my tendon from top to bottom, kind of sandwiching it together. And on that same surgery, he also cleaned out my right shoulder. So I had two surgeries in one session. So a shoulder surgery and a knee surgery. He did both of them in grand total. I probably spent like 50, $60,000. Wow. Yeah. I actually thought, I thought it was actually going to be more than that. Well, you know what? If I think about it, it probably was more. I think honestly, the my meniscus transplant and ACL surgery that might have been like forty thousand alone. But the other the other two surgeries I had from them were were not as expensive because they weren't as extensive. But I'd say sixty thousand at least. If I if this was like five years ago, yeah. honestly, I, I remember it was it was not great, and I, t- I had to take a small loan from my dad to afford it, and I was ashamed yeah. of that because. I pride myself on being a man, but honestly, I needed I needed some money, so my dad had to loan me a bit of money um, to have the surgery. Your well, dad was happy to do it. Let me tell you. Yeah, no, I've, oh, I paid him back, so we're we're all good now. Um, but, my uh, my my wife went to him. It's funny. Yeah. I was going to start the the story uh, the show with the story about that particular incident, but um, my wife went to him. And I can't. Basically, what had happened is the surgeon. We, she was going to do the 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 artificial meniscus. And because the fucking idiot surgeon before him cleaned the meniscus without telling her, meaning completely cut it away, there was nowhere to attach the artificial one. Yeah. Then she ended up. Go go ahead, ahead. please. Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. 
I was just going to say, because I've, I've dealt with so many doctors that you have to realize like people just automatically assume because someone's a doctor that they know what they're talking about. But that's not the case. Like there's good doctors no. and there's bad doctors. Just that like there's good, not the case. There's good trainers and bad trainers. There's good doctors, yeah. bad doctors. So like I've dealt with bad doctors and I, I can, I really have empathy for your wife. And, you know, she almost had her leg amputated too. Cause she ended up getting a cadaver meniscus, not from him, from someone else. And it, it, it's, it's really a horror story. The reason why it happened, but it was because the insurance wanted them to do, even though they, she had proof that her meniscus was gone in order to, for your insurance to pay the doctor that was going to perform the surgery had to first go in and look. Yeah. And so when he went in and looked that irritated the knee and then they put in the cadaver meniscus and she got an infection and she was very close to having her entire leg amputated. It was a scary six months. It was fucked Jesus. up. Yeah. That is fucked up. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. She had to go through that. Yeah. Insurance companies are fucked up too. Like, I don't even want to get started on insurance. That's why like, I didn't mind paying whatever $60,000, you know, I didn't care. Like I just wanted to get healthy and I knew that Dr. Stone was the best doctor in the world to probably handle my particular surgery. And I mean, that was money well spent in my opinion. Um, so you, so you're, so you're doing these, you're doing the deadlifts. Did, did you ever backslide in that, in that journey going from 500 to 600? Did you ever like, like, you know, like you're three months in and you're excited and you go in one day and you're like, Oh fuck, I can't even do what I did last week. No. Uh, so I certainly had days workouts where they weren't as good as others, but I'll put it this way. I, I never have bad workouts ever because mm. I choose not to. Um, and like my attitude is I'm so thankful just to be able to work out that I never have bad workouts. And so yeah, some days I didn't feel great or my back was a bit sore or I wouldn't feel as strong as I normally did. But, you know, so fucking what, you know, just go there and persevere and get it done. And I, I hit my numbers. There were some days where I didn't get as many reps at the weight that I wanted to. But that's why I was getting coached. You know, like he would see my coach would see what the what the speed of the bar was that day. And he would make the call, you know, like, all right, we're going to do three reps at 550 today, you know, and maybe I would only get one if the bar wasn't moving as fast as it should have. He would say, call it. You're not fully recovered. We'll come back and we'll do it next week. And that's what we did. You know, so I don't, wow. I don't have, I don't have bad workouts. I, I just, every, every day I work out, I'm honestly very thankful that I can even do that. Yeah, there's, go, that's true. Go ahead. Go ahead, Caleb. Let's hear it. There's fucking people all over the world that are sick, dying, stuck in wheelchairs. They can't work out. They give anything in the world just to be able to work out. All right. You should never look at exercise as an obligation. It's a privilege. Just remember, you don't have to work out. You fucking get to work out. When, when you um, – I, I know you have a videographer that works from, with you. Is that just um, you worked out, you had this thought, and you call someone over, and you're like, hey, film this, and then you just go – and you go off the cuff? No. Hey, John, come here. Hey, John. I'll, 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 let you, I'll let you see my videographer. Come here, John. John. Yeah, J-A-N. Show yourself. So th this is this is my John, man, John. what's up, brother? And uh, he's with me every day. We're basically partners. And so we actually worked together at a CrossFit gym where he was their photographer, barista, everything. But then um, he's extremely skilled, extremely skilled guy. And he was way underpaid and treated not well. And so when I quit that gym and started working for myself, um, I just like knew like, all right, if I wanted to take myself seriously, if I wanted to grow and reach more people that then I need to start focusing on, you know, social media. And then I, I just hired him, 
Like I just, he just works for me full time. And so he go, comes with me everywhere. And so I can make content whenever I want, whenever I need to. And uh, that's honestly been like, that was the second best thing I probably ever did when I started working for myself. The first thing, the first best thing was stopped working for anyone else, but by myself. And then the, the, the next best thing was hire Jean. Cause it's honestly, it's had a, an incredible impact on my reach and, and to help and impact more people with you know, social media is so powerful these days. And he must be pretty excited about the explosion on Instagram too, right? It's, it's a, it's a yeah. metric of success. Yeah. It's like, it's not just me, it's us. So, you know, but I like, but what we're most excited about is actually YouTube. So we're, we're, our main focus is YouTube and just growing on YouTube and building up a YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, he's definitely excited. I mean, he's, uh, he's excited because a lot of our hard work is starting to pay off and obviously he's, you know, financially incentivized as well. So it's, 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 I feel very, very fortunate, you know, to, to have him and also very fortunate to have a very supportive girlfriend that, you know, lets me live my life the way I want. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, it, it sounds like you have people around you who believe in you, which is always a theme that I love. I love surrounding myself with people who believe in me. Yeah. Well, oddly enough, you know, I actually don't, I don't spend time with a lot of people. So I'm, I'm very particular about the people I spend time with. Um, Cause I, I just haven't met a lot of like-minded people here in Dubai. Um, I mean, not, I don't let people get too close to me, but my girlfriend and Jean, they're like, they're basically with me all the time. And so I feel very fortunate to have that. And then my dad, where's your dad live? He lives in Oklahoma. Oh, Um, tell me what's going on. What, 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 why, 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 why is that such a, uh, a strong emotional force for you? Man, I didn't really want to do this. I didn't mean to, uh, -uh. I'll just put it this way. My dad's given up a lot for me. And so Sorry, man. You just triggered something in me. I'm really sorry. I'm not. <laughs> I'm happy well, to be here with you, brother. Well, I can't really put it into words, but he basically put his entire life on hold for me. And uh, he moved me from Alaska to Oklahoma just to play football. Quit his job and uh, basically just did everything he could for me. So. Anyways, man, I need to stop this. I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed about this, to be honest. But uh, hey, dude, I have three boys, uh, two uh, two six year old boys and eight year old boy. I would do anything for them. So when you talk about your dad, I I I, I can your dad will do anything for you. You know, I mean, yeah. clearly you know that. No, so yeah, it all it all, it all worked out. Like he literally took me out of middle school, moved me to Oklahoma, just not knowing whether I'd be able to get a football scholarship or not. It was a huge risk, quit his job. He had a really good job, did everything, quit everything all just so I would have the opportunity to go play college football. And it worked. It did. You know, it, it, I was a, a, a good high school football player and I went and played D one football and uh, he's just always been in my corner. And, you know, I don't really care what anyone thinks of me except, except 
you know, my family. Yeah. So, so I just, uh, yeah. that must have put a shitload of pressure on you. Uh, in in some ways, for sure, because I, I never I never felt like I lived up to my potential, especially not in college. But you know, then like once I finished up college, like it was like a second chance, and then I got into CrossFit, and then uh, you know, I was honestly legitimately probably one of the top five fittest guys in the world. I won the Dubai Fitness Championship, you know, in 2014, and that's the last time I competed, man. So the last time I competed, I, I won one of the. You know, at that time, that was the second biggest competition, fitness competition in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I won that. And then basically, you know, my ability to compete was kind of taken away from me just because of all my injuries. And so, yeah, there's just a lot of and I'm sorry you had to see that. Probably there's probably a lot of uh, emotion and, you know, that I've had to I've faced a lot of adversity, you know, between now and then, you know, having 16 surgeries and and all those kind of things and, and still trying to battle back every time to just to be able to, you know, work out the way I want to work out and compete at the, the level that I truly know I'm, I'm able to. So, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really sorry I got triggered right there. That was uh, apologies about that. Are you kidding me? I'm just patting myself on the back. The more people I can have cry on the show, the better, the more real. I oh, think. Man. Hey, he didn't call me tubby. Shut your pie hole. How he didn't. Call me tubby. <laughs> I think he yeah, said, buddy. Straight. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Al. Yeah. So no, I'm, uh, but you, you're right. You, I think you are definitely the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And as, as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm quite particular about who I spend time with. Like I, uh, I don't, I don't really drink alcohol or do anything like that. And I maintain a pretty high level of discipline in my life in most, in most every areas. And, um, I think that's been a really big reason why I've, I've, I've kind of experienced, you know, the moderate amount of, I guess, growth, or, you know, if you want to call it success, even that I have, I just, why are you, why are you staying in Dubai? Well, why uh, are you doing it? You've been there 10 years now. It'll be, it's nine years. I've been in nine years. I like Dubai. Um, it's, it's treated me very well. The quality of life, um, here it's, it's, I enjoy it. And I met my girlfriend here and I mean, you know, we both like it here. She's from Australia. I'm from obviously the United States. So, it's just, which is where we are in our, you know, in our lives at this moment. And I don't really feel the need to return to the United States. I go back there once or twice a year to visit my family. And I feel like I'm very, very privileged to live here. Like Dubai is a really, I love living here. It's great. I mean, it is a desert, you know, but it's a very, very convenient, very safe place to live, you know, and you can't clean, clean as shit. Yeah, it's clean. I mean, yeah, for the most parts. I mean, there's there's parts that maybe aren't as clean per se, but uh, yeah, it's a very clean, safe, you know, very kind of futuristic place. And I mean, I'm still kind of a young adult, so it's it's the right place for me where I'm at right now. And also, Jean, I kept my 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 videographer. You know, obviously he's here in Dubai, so just kind of things have just worked out to where it's been conducive for me to stay here. I'm not saying I, I won't return to the United States or I won't go live somewhere else, but you know, Dubai is good to me, and you know, I, I earn, um, I make a living here just fine. So it it, it just makes sense, and you're know, not really paying as much tax. There's you know, you're kind of tax exempt over here. So that's there, there's reasons I'm here for sure. Uh, Tanner, this is amazing and inspiring. I feel like we're in the same boat. Oh, th- thank you, Whitney. Thank you very she, much. She, 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 she won the Dubai Fitness Championships in 2014 also. 
No, she did not. Whitney. Uh, Jamie Jamie Simmons won it. I remember. Oh wow! Wow. Yeah, she's yeah she uh, she actually just did the the Dubai Fitness Championship just wrapped up last weekend. She got I think I want to say she got fourth. I might be mistaken, but did dude, you attend did, that? You know, I would have, except my girlfriend Tenika was competing herself, so I was at a different fitness competition. You know, supporting her. Um, in I, Dubai I was it in Dubai. Yeah, yeah, it was in Dubai. It was a, it was a smaller, more local competition. Um, but you know, I've I've been to the Dubai Fitness Championship. You know, I've competed. I've been there as a spectator. I've been there as a judge. Um, you know, I, I knew part of me wanted to be there, but you know, it's also kind of hard for me to be there because when I see other people, see other athletes competing and me not being able to compete, it's kind of hard to watch. It's like, I don't watch football anymore either. You know, like I can't watch football anymore because I don't enjoy it, you know, but fitness, I still have a, I still love CrossFit. I still love competing. So I still have that desire to do that. So it, it was, it was just good. I needed to be there to support my girlfriend and I knew I could watch it on YouTube, so I'm not really, you know, I wasn't really bothered. Uh, Christine Young, another one bites the dust. Yes, I, I'm quite proud of my uh, undefeated. Uh, I tell the guests before, I said at some point you have to cry or else I will not air the episode. That oh, is- man. It's, I'm still <laughs> embarrassed. I'll be, I'll be, if, you, if you can edit that part out, I'd be totally fine with that. Uh, I want to show um, this video. It's called The Hungry Test. Oh, the, the, the protein test. Yeah, it's the third one down, Caleb. There, there. This Instagram account is uh, absolutely wonderful. If, if you're planning on getting off social media, why not just unfollow everyone, including your wife, your husband, and all your best friends, and just follow Tanner and just watch his videos uh, every day, just one a day. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. Go ahead, Taylor. This is great. Appreciate that. How to decipher between true hunger and a craving. Take the protein test. If you're willing to eat pure protein as in a piece of chicken, fish, or steak, you're actually hungry. But if a pure protein meal doesn't sound appetizing, you're not really hungry. You're just bored, emotional, or having a craving. The protein test works for everyone, and it's a great way to build a healthier relationship with food so you can avoid overeating and not feeling like a fat sack of shit. I I, I absolutely love that. Uh Tell me how you came to that realization. Well, it's man. That just, just through your own experience? You're like, yeah, I've just, I've just honed in on kind of developing a very, I consider it an extremely healthy relationship with food, but you know, other, my others may consider it unique, I suppose, but that's true. You know, it's, it's a hundred percent true people, so many people. And that's why the world is in an obesity epidemic. They eat for pleasure too much and they do not eat for purpose enough, you know, and humans were animals like any other animals, but did you know humans and animals domesticated by humans are the only animals in the world that suffer from obesity. And that's purely because we have, uh, we, we have a incredibly unhealthy relationship with food and we look at food as entertainment, you know, and, and not to say you can't have food for entertainment. You absolutely can but you can't do it all the time. I mean, when you do it all the time, you just end up eating for pleasure and you overeat. And that's why people get fat. You know, they're eating obviously more calories than they're burning. And you know, it's, it's literally that simple. So you can ask yourself this question. All right. If I'm hungry, I think I'm hungry. All right. Am I hungry enough to eat a piece of pure protein? Am I hungry enough to eat, you know, a a piece of chicken or a piece of steak? You know, if that doesn't sound appetizing, then are you really hungry? 
No, you're absolutely not hungry. You're fucking bored, emotional. You're just having a craving and you're looking for something you know, to do. You're just looking for entertainment. If you're not hungry enough to eat pure protein, you're not fucking hungry. Like that's, that's, that's literally the, the truth. It's, you know, and that, that's why people overeat. They're just out of boredom, you know, or they're stressed or they're coping for something. And they, you know, they, need, to, they need to recognize that. I, 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 I'm going to propose something that you could just write on a, you could build a practice and you could just write that on a piece of paper. Go back to uh, uh, Tanner's uh, Instagram. Write that on a piece of paper. Would you be willing to eat a piece of protein right now? Would you be willing to eat a piece of chicken right now? Yeah. And no matter what, start making that every time before you eat. Pull that piece of paper out and read that. Yeah, I've actually I've, uh, there's a, there's. A, you built like a meditation gap in there, right? You've built yourself a little space before you take that handful of M and M's or those yeah, chocolate no, covered sure. raisins. No, I mean it, if you go ahead, sorry. No, no, that's it. That's it. I was just going to say, I tell people all the time to ask themselves like, you know, a few questions before they eat, you know, every time you sit down and eat and have a meal, you need to ask yourself, especially if you have goals to lose weight or improve your body composition, you should ask yourself, why am I eating this? And then what is this meal about to do for my body? What is it going to do for my body? And then ask yourself, is this meal that I'm about to eat? Is that going to get me closer to my goals or further away from my goals? You know, if you could just sit down and ask yourself those three questions, take 10 seconds to do that. That'll change your relationship with food or just give yourself a protein test and like say, all right, am I hungry enough to eat pure protein? If the answer is yes, then go eat protein. All right. Don't eat, don't, don't go eat some low quality shit food. You're not doing yourself any favors by doing that, especially if you want to get healthier or improve your body composition. Yeah. You know, it's that thought that you're hungry that I think that most people don't even witness because it's, yeah, they don't, they and, don't and it's probably a, it's probably a misnomer even to say I'm hungry because like you were saying, it's I'm bored or it's something else that's not even hunger that's triggering you and you've built the habit of walking into the kitchen and grabbing yeah. a handful of something. What it is is just people are looking for a hit of dopamine. That's all it is. You know, like that, that's what drives all human behavior is just dopamine mainly. That's the main neurotransmitter that, you know, affects, drives human behavior. And you can get dopamine from numerous different ways. You know, obviously exercise, having sex, drinking alcohol, doing drugs eating something sweet, eating something salty. Those are all things trigger dopamine in the brain. So when people get bored, you know, they can't have sex or they can't work out or they just, you know, it ran out of stuff to watch on television. They're like, oh, well, I'll go eat some shit food. They're just trying to get a hit of dopamine. They just don't realize it. I think I was in, I think I was in Dubai speaking of sex. And I think I remember that I couldn't go to a porn site in my hotel room. Like you can't even watch porn there. Right. Like, like all that no. shit's just blocked. Well, yeah, you can't. I mean, I mean, a friend told. Good. Did I say I I went to a porn site? Sorry, one of my friends yeah, yeah. went to a porn. You'd site. never do that. You'd never no, do that. No, you just yeah. need a VPN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I couldn't even figure that shit out. I'm like, I'm just going to bed. Yeah, that's that's good for you. <laughs> uh, I, I've lived here for nine years, and honestly, I can say I've I've never had a VPN. But <laughs> good I've, on I've, you. I've, I've had a girlfriend in my left hand, and I've been oh. good to go. <laughs> awesome. Keep that imagination working strong. Why why lean on? Yeah. Um. Uh, how about, can you play the, um, the quit drinking one also, uh, Caleb Tanner, is this okay that we're going through your Instagram and absolutely, man. I'm honestly, I'm, 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 uh, honored. You actually have consumed this much of my content. So, oh uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I yeah. Genuinely appreciate it. So as hard as you work out, I prepare for my podcast and, and I only, I could just pick the guest I'd like, just it's, it's like free education for me. I pick a guest. I'm like, oh yeah, this is awesome. I'm going to learn all about this guy. I'm going to steal all this guy's best shit. Okay. Action. So when I quit drinking, 
my life got exponentially better. It cleared my head and allowed me to focus more on my professional and personal goals. I can train harder than ever and make consistent progress. And I never feel like I'm going in circles like most people. Imagine what you could do if you quit drinking. Maybe you'd quit making bad decisions, eat less shit food, lose weight, get stronger, build confidence, be more productive, get your dream body, get your dream girl to actually notice who you are. Maybe you could actually get laid without needing alcohol. Holy fuck, what a novel idea. So here's my challenge to you. Cut out all alcohol for 30 days and watch how your life improves. Just two suggestions. Find a girlfriend that isn't crazy and be selective of the people you spend time with. Hang out with like-minded people that have similar goals and interests. And if all else fails, just stay home and jerk off. <laughs> uh, by the way, I, I think uh, when Tanner says find a girlfriend who's not crazy, that, that goes for um, uh, boys too, or uh, girls too. Find yeah, a boyfriend yeah. Find a boyfriend Absolutely. that's not crazy. Un unfortunately, uh, it, it definitely resonates with me more um, to find a uh, – to, to, to what, what he said, because unfortunately I, I feel like a lot of my guy friends have uh, hooked up with uh, crazy chicks, but, but after well, a while, have, I, I have too. It's, I think, you know, it happens to lots. Of well, guys. it doesn't happen to guys like me. Consider yourself lucky. Good looking guys with nice bodies, get crazy girlfriends. I think that's one of the down, one of the, the things that sucks about being handsome and having a nice body. If you've heard that, there's like that sliding scale, like the hotter and more sexy is the more crazy. crazy hot is, scale. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I don't think there's, I don't get, I don't, I don't, I never had, I don't really yeah, get you, crazy. You, yeah. You could argue, you could argue that there's validity in that for sure. I mean, either way, I think it's, it's best that you find a partner that is like-minded that, is loving and that you genuinely get along with. Like I'm, I'm, I'm super lucky. Like my girlfriend's like my best friend. So, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. Lucky. Listen, listen, uh, don't, don't act like I drink a lot. I'm just, I'm, I'm in Newport beach for two weeks and I'm just, it just. So, hey, Savon, so where are you based most of the time normally? Santa Cruz, California. Oh man. Amazing. I, uh, yeah. my goal, if I, if I do actually do move back to the United States, I, I think I want to be in California. It's nice. Oh, I, I would highly suggest you check out Florida. I've, yeah, it's it, it would be somewhere on the coast, somewhere where the weather's warm. I'm not I'm not really a fan of cold weather anymore. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, go ahead, Caleb. So just move to Nebraska. There's no rules there. It's just really. Yeah, cool. And I've been I've been through Nebraska. Nebraska, it's 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 nice, but it's kind of similar to Oklahoma, except I think it gets colder up there. It, 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 it can get cold up there for sure. Listen, guys, I, I'm in Newport for two weeks. I'm just, I'm just having a bloody Mary and I'm, and I'm, but I still fasted on uh, my, did my 36 hour fast, uh, yeah. my week, my weekly 36 hour go. fast, but like, I'm, uh, give me a, cut me some slack. Jeez. You just go hammer some white claws, man. How Make many people? One, one night we did a, uh, uh, a podcast just impromptu. And there was, when I came to the house, there was a white claw in the fridge and I drank it on the air. And usually, and, and now I'm having to eat my, eat my shit because everyone saw me eat a drink of white claw. And I'm, yeah. Oh, I, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like I don't drink only, I'm only with a very few select people. It's mainly just my college buddies. So yeah. it's like, that. that's like the only time you'll really get me to drink. Cause it, I mean, of course everyone enjoys drinking. That's why people do it. But uh, you know, I think the repercussions just aren't worth it, especially not, I mean, not if you really value your health and if you take training really seriously, it's not really conducive for that. For, for, for I, most people it's probably okay, but not for me personally. No, I agree. I, 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 I think it's, um, 
I think drinking should be seen as the same way as like people view ayahuasca or like these, you know, theoretically therapeutic yeah. uh, hallucinogenics. But like when I when I drink, I like to I drink so that I'll run outside naked in the rain. I like to use the drug and not let the drug use me. I'm not interested in sitting around uh, drinking and and not exploring some new avenue. I, re- I just remember that in college. I was like, well, if I'm going to get drunk, I'm running out in the street naked. Or I'm yeah, going to do something. Gonna I'm going to climb something. a tree that I should not be climbing or some shit. I want to do some yeah. crazy shit since I'm t- – I saw it as kind of medicinal. I want to think of alcohol as medicinal, like to explore something new. You can certainly think of it like that. Um, and, I mean, alcohol is – I think it means different things to, to different people for sure. It's obviously the most widely abused um, – way to get in an altered state of mind. Uh, but it, it, I wouldn't consider it healthy per se, like in no way is it actually right. good for your health, good for your brain, good for your body, you know? And if you say you need, you need it to be healthy, like, uh, you know, you don't, it's, it's not, it's, it makes humans less resilient. You know I mean? I, I heard that recently on a Andrew Huberman podcast. Like he's done a lot of research on it. And that guy's far more intelligent than I am. I mean, he's telling people, you know, like, even so much as like one drink a week, anything more than that can have, you know, detrimental effects on your health. Now, are they major detrimental effects? Probably not. And you're probably totally fine, but. Well, especially with people who are consuming shitloads of sugar and, yeah, and not like, sleeping and not working out, it's yeah. just fucking a gasoline um, on the fire, right? There's yeah, for sure. And like people drink alcohol to get in the altered state of mind to feel better. But in a way, all you're really doing is you're borrowing happiness from tomorrow, from the next day. Cause the repercussions of a hangover, you know, they're to me just not worth it anymore. Not worth it. So, uh, yes, Je- Jeffrey, I do have my limits. I do. Unfortunately, alcohol is a crutch for me when I want to run around outside. When I, before I take a shower, I need to be drunk. I don't want to see myself naked. <laughs> uh, how, how come you're not covered in? How come you're not covered in tats, tattoos? Do you have any tattoos? No, I do not have tattoos. You know, the the most rebellious I've ever gotten is uh, I have a bad haircut. And I just, I got a, I got a nose ring earlier this year. I don't really know why I did. I think it was because I was at my buddy's wedding and it was, uh, I saw everyone, these, everyone there with nose rings and my other buddy who I, I really like and look up to, and he's just a total badass. He had a nose ring. So I was like, all right, if he got one, I'm fucking getting one. So no tattoos, but, uh, I do have a nose ring and a bad haircut. Can you get tattoos in Dubai? Do they have tattoo shops? Yeah, you not again. I'm not the most informed person to know this, but I, I, you can get tattoos here, whether it's legal or not. I don't know, but I know you can get a tattoo here for sure if you know the right people. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's opened up now. Maybe you can legally. I'm not really sure. Have you ever seen a, a snot bubble come out of that hole? Uh, like not, you sneeze or you laugh and you try to hold it in, yeah. and like a snot bubble blows out of there. Not yet, because mainly I always have the nose ring in, so like the the holes I guess plugged per se. Not to say it won't happen, but uh, I've definitely had a lot of snot, you know, come out of my nose, especially when I'm exercising. So that that happens all the time. I've had a nose ring before; it was cool, Bruce. It was never cool. <laughs> what, what the fuck well, are you talking yeah, about, Bruce? Way, well, I uh, appreciate you telling me that, Savon. Do you have any tattoos? No, me. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. So I'm not, a, that's, that's the, uh, no. that's the one thing I, I, I just don't know anything I'd want to put on my body that I want there forever. I, so. I lost my virginity when I was 18 and I've been coasting ever since. I just, I had a very low, uh, 
low low goals for me in life. Once oh, man, I lost well, my virginity, I was like, man, hey, hey, you're set then. You're set. You're, <laughs> man, you're, dude, you're you're a handsome guy and you're obviously doing good things. So let's say keep doing what you're doing. Speaking about me being a handsome guy, I'm glad you brought that up. I was actually thinking the bar has been set so low for for attractiveness because there are so many unattractive people. Uh, let me define attractive first. Attractive um, meaning someone who has the mindset to improve themselves day in and day out. And then therefore you see the manifestation in their body, yeah. their, their demeanor towards other human beings. The bar has been set so low that even like a guy like me, who's like five, five and like a, a seven on my best day, like it should just be raining pussy on me. It's not. And I'm, and I'm married. I don't need it to be, I don't want it to be, but I'm kind of sometimes surprised when I go out that like, I'm not like the fucking Beatles. Like they're like, Oh my God, look, <laughs> a guy who stands upright. Yeah. Whose shoulders yeah. are water are broader than his hips. I mean, it should yeah. just be like Caleb six two. Yeah, yeah. Caleb should walk outside and just be like, Oh, I don't know if I can go to the store. Why not? Cause fuck, it's going to be raining pussy on me. I'm, I'm just, I, I'm part joking, but part not like, well, I, I should be able to just roll into Nebraska and just be like, Hey, I don't care. I'm a 22 year old girl, but I don't care that he's 50. And like, you know, he, he, he's, fucking, all over you. he's mobile. He's not in a wheel. Like I went to oh, Disneyland and every chick there should have been trying to fuck me. <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, sure. You want to be fucking girls at Disneyland. Man. No, I don't, but I should have at least had I'm some people more. like, can I get your number or like bump me in their cart and like grab my ass. Like there should have been something. <sighs> What do you look like with your shirt off? Who, me? Yeah. No, uh, not like you. I'll, you I'll show mean, you what I look like. I'll show you what I look like without my... I look good with my clothes on. I look fucking amazing. That's all right. Lift up your shirt. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> you know, I got like I got like probably like 20 strict pull-ups if you were over here in a pinch. Okay. That's legit then for sure. I, you could wake me up in the middle of the night. I could do a, a, a ring muscle up just cold from the L sit position. I never kip a ring muscle up. All right. Yeah. Well then it meant deadlift one thirty five. It, it should be, it should be raining pussy on you then. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Caleb, what are you going to say about it raining pussy on you? Tell me, please tell me you have a good story here. <laughs> I'm so, too um, short. I know I'm too short. I, I know. I know. I, I am too short. That is, Oh, that's why I don't go to bars. No one's ever like, oh, look, the five foot five guy. No, <laughs> it's hard you at the bar because you can't see over it, probably. Yeah. yeah. I was walking around uh, just like in the city. Dubai, and, uh, 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 he's in the Middle East in an undisclosed location. Caleb's deployed right now, by the way, Tanner. Okay. Okay. Um, but like some, we're just walking around and then you just have like people walking by and they're like staring at us because I'm the largest human they've ever seen. Yeah. And well, I can't say that's true. Anyway, whatever. Um, the, and then like these like two larger women were like walking by and they just like, were just staring at me. Like I, I fucking like, you. I fucking <laughs> you. Yeah. And I'm like, and so me just being a nice guy, I just looked at them and like smiled and like yeah. just kept walking. And as I'm walking by, I just hear them go, hee yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I left. It's like, I need to, I need to get out of here. 
Did you, were they wearing the burkas? Were they wearing the sheets, the ninja outfits? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, they were. They were. Those are called just a, climbed a, under a, one a, of those. A bios, man. A bios, yeah. Uh, Sevon, did you ever consider risers for your shoes? No. I, I'm a barefoot guy. It sucks. I can't even, like, I can't even get, like, five. I can't even, and, and I got little, I got gnome feet. So I always have to wear, like, really wide, flat shoes. Yeah, I got, that, there's nothing that can help me. That works. You know, I've noticed a lot of guys doing that, too. I, uh, I was at a fitness expo. Risers. Dude, yeah, like a few weeks ago, and I noticed like some big time fitness influencers. They were all wearing these certain type of shoes that made them probably at least an inch or two taller. You know, so like I mean, that's obviously it's a that's an option. You know, if you want to look taller than you are, because women, you know, you can studies have shown this that women are generally just more attracted to taller taller guys. I, no, I think guy, it's all don't give it. me your study shit. It's just a fucking fact. All right. It is a fact. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing. I mean, yeah. I wish I was tall. I'm attracted Luckily, to taller guys. I want my friends to be tall. I don't, I, yeah. I, if you're shorter than me, you can't be friends with me. Yeah. Well, all my best friends. I can beat you up. You have no value to me as a human. There you go. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, honestly, I've actually made a piece of content about that recently. How, you know, men that, take better care of themselves obviously they're going to have a much easier time getting laid than guys that don't and it's purely from a woman's perspective they're looking for a mate you know based on like survival like they're going to, they want the fittest male they possibly can because that's going to allow that woman to have the best chance at reproducing and surviving and it's all evolutionary like where humans are hardwired like that so you know you can't really control your height but you can control your weight you know and how healthy you are and so, dude, if you if you want to gain confidence and get girls or, you know, get acknowledged by girls, man, just fucking take care of yourself. That's probably the single best thing you can do, you know, and that, that's that's within your control. Uh, um, there, uh, will you play that that clip down there at the bottom, Caleb? Uh, get girls with a you get girls. You must do you laugh at because I'm just pecking away at my keyboard. You must see a lot of crazy shit in my notes, huh, Caleb? It's like almost like English is a second language to me. It's way easier to get laid if you're fit and healthy. And I don't care how much money you have or how funny you are. Case in point, Seth Rogen and Vince Vaughn probably look good to most women because they're charming and funny, right? That's until Ryan Reynolds and The Rock walk by. Why is this true? Because women are biologically programmed to be attracted to the most fit and healthy males. As they inherently know, that gives them the best chance for reproduction and survival. Humans are hardwired like this. So if you're funny but fat, you're stuck in the friend zone. Or if you're fat but you got money, you're paying for sex. But if you're fit and healthy, you'll still get girls, even if you're broke. I mean, just look at most bodybuilders. Now, if you're fit, healthy, and got money, you can get any girl. Being funny is just a plus. But if you're fat and broke, you're basically fucked. Uh, Tanner, I was uh, after after I I was in I was an undergrad for seven years at UC Santa Barbara. And then my parents stopped paying for my shit and I ended up becoming homeless. And I basically, I lived on the streets for a couple of years there. And I, then I moved into a car and during that time, all I did every day was work out and play Frisbee. I and bet you got it, a lot of pussy though. Oh, bro. Yeah. Oh, bro. Yeah. That's dude. That's that dude. That's crazy, man. Crazy. That, I was just nice yeah played frisbee i never had my shirt on i just i was barefoot everywhere and it was just and i was in a college town and people yeah. just Dude, that's, that's just, honestly human behavior man it's just the way just it is rained sure. rained at all yeah rained yeah. Good. all, probably, all probably. good relationships too no like 10 girlfriends at the same time i loved every one of them like fucking yeah. hair like a harem 
just like Good. holy and broke as fuck like bro, like lit in my pockets yeah well that's dude that's the same man like <laughs> it's crazy dude if you're if you're this is i'm not not to offend anyone it's just facts man if you're a decently attractive guy and you're healthy dude you're not you're gonna have a way bigger advantage with women than if you're not healthy it's right it's just that's just that's that's human behavior 101 it's simple so simple I'm happy for you, man. I bet that was a probably probably good time in your life. Oh, it was great. And then, and then, I, I, what's funny is I met my wife, my current wife, then, and then she just kind of culled the herd. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think Rick you, Ross has a, a like Rick Ross has a word for that. Like the she became the main bitch. She just like slowly yeah. just like. That's the, I've I've figured out, um, and I'm not saying this, but I've I've been uh, a fairly promiscuous person at times in my life as well. But uh, I realized like. I don't really like being around. I don't like waking up next to women. I, I, once I found a girl that I like waking up next to, then I knew I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to stick with this one. Cause it's all, everything else is just kind of a waste of time. Like it's easy to go out and chase pussy, but at the, at the end of the day, it's kind of kind of an empty feeling once you do it enough and the novelty kind of wears off. And when you know, you can get girls, it's like, all right, that's, you know, there's no challenge in that. And it's, I think it's way better and way more fulfilling to, find you know someone like your wife or someone that you genuinely enjoy being around that can also be your friend you know my my crowning achievement is my relationship with my wife it is the singular greatest achievement i have in my life my relationship with my wife i'm so fucking proud and happy with it there's it's fucking awesome that is fucking awesome because it's hard to do you know hard yes hard very hard yeah many many people get together they get married and you know i think the divorce rate's over 50 percent but Man, if you can find a person that you genuinely enjoy being around like all the time, you need to hold on to that person, you know, and, and if they give you pussy on the side, that's just a plus. Totally. Totally. I, the total plus. Tanner is a coxman. I think that's the guy who rides in a boat. When's the last time you yeah. When was the last time I was on a boat? I was actually on a boat a couple months ago. I was sailing up in Spain with my, with my buddy, Albert. Oh, great. that's awesome. Yeah, it was. But I, I wouldn't consider myself a, a coxman. Definitely not. Maybe, maybe it used to be, but I've also discovered when you're single and you're going out all the time and chasing pussy and things like that, you, you're a lot less focused and obviously you're, uh, Oh, it was a waste of time. It was a complete waste of time. Yeah. You're a lot less focused and you're obviously probably drinking a lot more alcohol, spending a lot more money, staying a lot, staying up late. And it's, it's not conducive for productivity or being a fit and healthy person. Um, you know what's interesting is I've had some uh, pretty gnarly guys on the show, and a, a couple of them have told me. Um, do you know who Nikki Rod is, the jiu-jitsu guy, Nikki Rodriguez? I've, I've, you know, I, I do not apologize. I've, That's okay. I've, no, it's I don't okay. Follow a lot of jiu-jitsu. It's a really he, he's a he's a huge fish in a really niche. Uh, yeah, it's like you know, genre. I would consider yeah, like CrossFit, jiu-jitsu, strongman. I feel like those are all kind of like niche, kind of fringe sports. But yeah, they're like definitely big in their own right for sure. That's him there in the middle. Okay, Nikki Rod, and he's in next next to Liver King. Yeah, and he's in. um, uh, He he kind of exploded on the scene. He was training with the the most famous jujitsu guy in the world, Gordon Ryan, and then they had a falling out, and the camp split into two. And now he has this group called B Team in Austin. Too much. Oh, but anyway, yeah, I've heard of B Team in Austin, so okay, I'm, I'm somewhat aware of this guy. So I had him on the show and I said, how do you stay so focused on your training? Um, uh, how do you like, you're young. How, how are you not like 
getting distracted by girls and chasing girls. And he's, oh, yeah. and he said, dude, I'm like, what? He's like, look at me. I'm like, yeah, I see you. You're fucking amazing. And he goes, I don't chase girls ever. Guys like me don't go after girls ever. And then I've heard that a few other times from, from I'm like, and this is a guy who fights every day and you see his yeah. training videos and it's, it looks horrible. Just, just the most gentlest thing he does looks horrible. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I, I fuck. I really fucked up 20 years of my life chasing girls. Yeah. There he is with, uh, yeah. um, uh, what's the UFC fighter, the heavyweight. Yeah. That's probably the, that guy's on his back is probably the fourth toughest guy on the fucking planet. Yeah, probably. I, I think a lot of guys are like that. You know, when you're kind of in your like the upper echelons of your you're the alpha, or, yeah, yeah. In, in a way, you, you don't really have to chase girls. Like, and I'm not saying this in any way either. But like, I've never really gone out of my way to chase women either. Um, you know, and if you're looking for it, you'll find it. It's it, it'll it'll come to you. But I've also discovered just having a girlfriend for me is one of the best things I've ever done. It's just allowed me to be so much more focused. You know, and again, being able to be just a better person as well. I, I don't, I think chasing women when you're young, I think people need to go through that. You need to do that. And that's a part of life that you probably need to experience, but then you kind of realize what's important. And yeah, it's like all that shit's just a distraction, man. It's like, it really is. Like if you, if, you, if you're serious about your goals and you have ambitions, you, women can definitely get in the way of that if you let them, but just, you know, fucking yeah, don't, it, it, you it, don't need to chase them. By the way, the way I heard you say that is it's not the women's fault. It's if you let them. It, it, it's up to you. Yeah. No, you, you have agreed. the power. It's, it's not that well, women are bad. Yeah. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I actually made a piece of content today that was very pro-women. Um, but I'm a firm believer that everything in life is a choice, you know, and I think a big problem with most people is they don't realize that and they never they never take a responsibility for their life. But I mean, if you think about it, you are where you are. Everyone is where they are in their life because of every choice they've made up until this point of their life. And so I think, you know, definitely you, you have the ability to take control of your life at any time. You just have to choose to do that. And, you know, obviously chasing women or not is a choice. For sure. Um, I, I do, I do put, I do put uh, in the hierarchy of uh, chasing women is way better than watching porn. Like sitting around and watching porn is just stupid. You're not sure you're, you're chasing women. At least you're sharpening some skill set. Uh, yeah. watching porn, you're not sure. You're getting some kind of human shit. interaction. Yeah. No, you're really not. I mean, I think there's been a huge movement towards that. Like, stop watching porn. I think it's like the no FOP movement, you know? But What's FOP stand for? I, I honestly, I can't remember, but it's it's the it's an acronym spelled N-O-F-A-P. I can't even remember what what that what it stands for, but basically it's the movement to stop watching porn. Um, it's either I stop watching S porn S or stop jerking off. I can't, S I can't remember S which one. S-J-O-S-W, stop watching porn swp good start uh Mag magnus home no i apologize for the title of this uh podcast i really yeah. do it, it's my fault but uh i'm late to the show based on statistics all guys without shirts on the show is not natty is this the same here no no this guy's natty no yeah. fap an online community with thousands oh, of members who pr practice avoiding all forms of artificial sexual stimulation well, fuck, dude. Yeah. Then I couldn't wear underwear. When I put my underwear on, I get stimulated. <laughs> fuck. This is, definitely, this, is, this is definitely the best podcast I've ever been on, Savon. You're, dude, you're, you're, I really appreciate you having me on, man. Thank you. I'm you're, glad you're here. You're the fucking man. I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'm not a, I could not be a part of the no fop movement um, either. 
uh, person. Like, I don't watch porn. I don't really take the time to watch porn. But I mean, to well, tell you can't. It, Your king won't let you. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't need to. She, yeah, she's. I'm very fortunate. I've uh, I'm a healthy sex life, thankfully. Um, Fantastic. Uh, yeah, girlfriend. it's uh, yeah, yeah. That's it's that's good on that. And but uh, I think humans are meant to do that. You know, like that. That's like a, a primal urge that you know should not be ignored. I mean, having sex is what makes us human. Having sex is what makes humans. Like we're supposed to do that. So even even jerking off, like I think that's. I don't think that's frowned upon, but I don't think it really should be like, that's something that every guy does. If he says he doesn't, he's a fucking liar. Um, my views on masturbation are have kind of evolved. I think it's like, um, what you're saying about food too. So I, I don't think it should be, um, impulsive. Like just because like, you're like, you want to jerk off. I don't think you should. I think it's like one of those things, like you should let rise like five times, you know, like when you're sitting yeah. somewhere and you, you know, like those people, it's like, dude, you're just shut the fuck up. You're saying everything that comes out of your mouth. Like only say every fifth thought, like, pro, like, I don't need to know every single fucking thing you're, you're thinking it, jerking off like that too. Just cause you want to jerk off. Like, Hey, maybe you should do 10 pushups or maybe it, it shouldn't. I, I don't think it's, um, you should allow it to become an impulse. Yeah, uh, well said. Like Agreed an impulse spend. Like Agreed you're just that. on Amazon. You feel like you have to buy something. Yeah, but to to not do it at all, to completely not do it at all. I no, think it's is, medicinal. Is, you need some. Yeah, <laughs> like, if you did, like you, for sure. Like if, if you told me to go 30 days without busting a nut, I mean, I know I could do it because I'm a mentally strong and disciplined guy. But then I would just be like, why? Like why? Why? Like what purpose does this serve? You know, it's like it, it, I went two months to, once. Why? I'm curious why. Um, just so it was. In, I was just young and I wanted to experiment, and okay. I was in college, and um, I I kept a pair of twenty pound dumbbells next to my bed, and so like because two months is a long time. That's a really and so long like any time I would want like anything would happen. Like if in the middle of the night I woke up and I thought I like I just couldn't keep my hands off myself, I would just get up and do a bunch of sets with the twenty pound dumbbells, and my shoulders got crazy developed in those two months. But my theory was is I could take the blood out of my penis and bring it up to my shoulders. I mean, I just made that shit up myself. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Like, I mean, that's again, that's 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 not bad logic. I think that's kind of sound in a way. But I feel like you're just like depriving yourself of like a fundamental human need. Yeah, just an know? experiment. It was just an experiment. Yeah, and then you know what? You know what happened is the 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 guy who delivers weed to my house at that point he had sent his <laughs> girlfriend over to my house to drop the weed off. I think what was her name kendall and i she was just a friend there was never anything between us well, was she looking pretty but good I, by the end of that 60 I, days I just been, it had been two months and next thing i know we're in the fucking shower just getting crazy i don't even know how it fucking happened <laughs> oh man see dude yeah that's dude that's that's hormones right there man like literally that's that's purely hormones that's like testosterone driven behavior for it sure it was fucking nuts yeah. It was just like we just started – we just started like coiling like snakes, and next thing I know, we're like in the bathroom and then in the shower – in the grossest shower too, you know, like the shower at your college house? Yeah, for sure. Probably not. That was kind of like a buzz sanitary, But it yeah. probably didn't matter too much. I mean, no, dude, that's, no. humans are going to do what they're going to do, man. And I fell in love with her, and then the dope dealer hate, – he hated me. Yeah. I see. Yeah, hopefully you he find a new dope dealer. He hated me. Uh, imagine going two months uh, without it from COVID. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Philip was in the hospital. This this guy got COVID and got hospitalized. Yeah. 
that would be rough. That yeah, that, I I feel for you there, Philip. That would be if you're like literally too sick or stuck in a hospital, so you're not able to jerk off. I guess there's there's certainly circumstances that would you know dictate that. That would be yeah. <laughs> if I was in the hospital, I'd be like, man, all I want to do is go home and bust a nut. Yeah, I'm thinking that for sure. I think that almost always anyway. Yeah, that'd be rough, man. That'd be rough. Hey, Savon, just a quick question, if I may. How did Please. you get? How did you get started? And forgive me, I don't know this better, but how did you get started with CrossFit? And how did you end up making all, you know, basically the like documentaries and all that kind of stuff? I've always wanted to know. I've known who you are, but never knew how you got got your start. So during that period that I was homeless, I and I was just barefoot and just cruising around. There was a um, a home for developmentally disabled adults that I would walk by every day in Isla Vista, California, and I would just walk by there barefoot with my friends, you know, whatever smoking weed, throwing a Frisbee, hanging out, holding hands with girls. And and one day I thought, and I just, I, I was in a, in a pretty profound, deep state of love, like always. And, and I was really working on myself. It was like during my, like, I'm going to take full responsibility. And at that point, I kind of realized that if I was open to it, that the world would conspire to help me and always bring good things to me, but I had to be open to it and not interrupt yeah. the process. And I walked by that house one day and I was like, fuck, I could really love on these adults here. Like I may have something I could truly offer to these people. So I went in there and I got the job and which was crazy because I did the interview barefoot and I was just a homeless guy and I started making $77 and 25 cents an hour. And at that point I'd saved up shitloads of money and like by shitloads, I mean like $7,000, like a consultation with Dr. Stone. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, um, I bought a video camera and then it just took off from there. At that point, about a year after I bought the video camera from Circuit City, I just wanted to, I thought it'd be cool to have a video camera and just film stuff. And that was when you put in the the cassette tapes in it. And then all of a sudden I heard Apple was coming out with a computer and editing software. I bought a car. I plugged a, my girlfriend helped me, uh, you know, lent me some money. I bought a car, plugged the computer into the cigarette lighter and just every night started editing. And then next thing I know, I'm living out of a car making commercials and TV shows. And I started making this, I was still homeless and I was making these uh, arm wrestling shows for ESPN. And there, this is in 2005 or six. And there, there was a guy who was crazy buff and crazy fit. And I go, what do you do to stay fit? He said, I do this thing called CrossFit. And he started telling me the workouts. And I told one of the producers at the time, I said, it's such a shame that someone could be so fit and lie about their workouts. Cause he said he did like a hundred pull-ups and shit, right? Yeah. Like this is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. And then I looked <laughs> sure and, enough. uh, and my buddy's like, and, and you know, we were just fucking two guys who like to hang out on the beach and be homeless. And so we started going to the, uh, to the rec center at UC Santa Barbara and started just trying to figure out what CrossFit is. And then I sent uh 2006, I sent, uh, or my buddy sent Greg. Gla- I, he's like, "Hey, I, I basically said, hey, let's see if we can get a job with these people making videos for them. Their videos suck. They have like four videos on their site, and they're horrible. Yeah. And this is when no one even wanted to put videos on the internet because yeah, it took it's, so it's kind of like the early days of the internet, and it's still yes. way. Like, that's crazy. And so we, um, he he typed out a letter to Greg and Lauren. Um, I reviewed it. He sent it. We went over there. We asked him for a half million dollars to make videos for him. He said, absolutely not, but I'll give you a free L one seminar." I went to my L1, had my fucking head exploded yeah. open. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't I couldn't believe I couldn't fucking believe what I was being told and and that I hadn't thought of it myself. And uh, for the next year I worked for Greg and Lauren and CrossFit for free and I just traveled around the United States filming seminars and man 
That's incredible. Next thing I know, I'm running the entire media department. Yeah, that's dude, that's that's incredible. Right. And I was like you, I'm very, very disciplined. And like, yeah. I love working. I yeah. just, I just that's, love, I think I that's, that's, grind. that's evident, evident with what you do. And like, that's something that I feel so fortunate about. And I mean, obviously you've experienced this as well, but I feel so fortunate to be able to do what I love doing and to be able to do something I'm so passionate about because I would be doing this regardless, you know, like health and fitness is all I'll ever do. I know that for sure, you know, and some, some, shape or way or form like just health and fitness and every day i wake up and i'm fucking hungry to go to go to go to work and do something so it's yeah man that's that's a really cool story really cool and you're story. doing it it's crazy you're doing it and it, dude you're contributing to the uh greater good of the planet like your message don't ever let anyone i i, I don't know if you get this but sometimes people will say hey tell me hey i agree with everything you say i don't like your delivery and it's like I, I hear you and I understand you and I feel you, but there's some people who do need my delivery. Yeah. So maybe my delivery is not going to be the most popular. Maybe it's not going to be blah, blah, blah. I don't want to, my goal isn't to alienate people. I hope I'm not pushing people away from being healthy, but um, the people who do hear it, the people who do, there are people who are obese who need you to say, Hey motherfucker, if you want pussy, you better stop eating sugar and working out five times a week. And yeah, like if you can save one person's life like that, that's and honestly, man, just especially lately, I've been getting overwhelmed with just positive messages saying, Good. you know, what a positive impact I've had on people. And I've literally they told me that I've changed their lives. And I know, I know I'm not for everyone for sure, but I, I literally say what I think in my head and I, I put it out there. And you can look at it how you want, but I've always tried to put out a positive and uplifting message. I may put it in a way that you may not like to hear it. But, you know, if you get down to the root of it, it's to take control of your life, be healthy, you know, and and that, if you do that, I mean, honestly, dude, you're going to be happy. So it's, Omar, yeah, it's, I appreciate your comment. Fuck that sugar. Yeah. Fuck that sugar. Uh, eat pussy, not sugar. Okay. I'll, 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 well said, well said. I'll take that into uh, consideration. Um, I want to play one. You got time for one more video to show? Yeah, man, I got all the time in the world. I'm still, I can't believe I'm on your podcast still, man. This has been, oh. this has been great. I didn't really, I didn't, I don't even, I didn't, this has been great. Play whatever you awesome. want. Uh, it's the one uh, right above uh, Mr. Beaver, um, get girls. It just says fat. <laughs> Do you see it? Yes. You're a good dude. How lucky am I that the guy, my uh, co-host on the podcast, his last name is Beaver. It just <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like touches lucky. the twelve-year-old yeah, boy and he exactly. just like nonstop. How lucky I love am that. I? C yeah, Beaver. C Beaver. Now that's Crazy. dude. I just don't realize that. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> lucky dude. Obese people can make every excuse in the world why they're fat and unhealthy, but when you cut through all the bullshit, it boils down to one thing: choice. Healthy people don't have to be healthy. They choose to be healthy. Just like fat people don't have to be fat. They choose to be fat. No one forces you to overeat on shit food or drink too much alcohol. No one forces you to sit on your ass and never exercise. You do that willingly. And if the truth hurts, too fucking bad. Because it's better to piss you off with the truth rather than deceive you with bullshit and excuses. Live in reality. Your lifestyle and consequently your health is a fucking choice. Bam. It's a... Uh... 
Yeah. It, isn't that crazy that people, even, even the, when, to make yourself unhealthy, you have to choose that path because if you just did nothing, you just, you, nothing would happen. But those people are actually choosing to go down a bad path. They are, they may not realize it at that point. You know, they may not realize they're choosing it. Maybe people will blame it on, you know, their parents or where they're brought up or big boned. Uh, yeah. Big boned or, you know, they can't afford to eat healthy food. There's all kinds of excuses and all of that kind of stuff, you know, but literally when you cut through that, when you cut through the bullshit and excuses, everything in your life is a choice. I mean, you choose to wake up every day. You choose to get dressed. You choose to go to work or all that kind of stuff. Like you choose to put that food in your mouth. You know, no one is forcing you to do anything. No one's holding a gun to your head and say, Hey, eat this fucking donut, you know, eat this bowl of sugary cereal. Those are all choices that you make every day, you know, and people just, they do it mindlessly. Most humans, they eat mindlessly without realizing it. But again, it's dude, it really just comes down to choice and you can literally take control of your health at any point. And again, I'm not, I, I, people are going to say it's not that simple, you know, and there's reasons for all of this, but if, like I said, when you, when you really cut, cut through it all, if someone that's fat and obese, when they cut through it, like it's all about taking personal responsibility and making a choice, like a choice to be healthier. So when, when you break it down to its simplest form, it really is that easy. Yeah, it is. He, he, like, he just told you that like, if you're not sure if you're hungry or not, or you want to do the hunger test, just, are you willing to eat a chicken breast right now? And I said this one time on my show and I got a bunch of pushback on it and it's fucking hilarious. But um, for me, when I want to drink alcohol, if I just eat a piece of fruit, that craving to drink alcohol immediately goes away. A hundred percent. It's not even there a little bit, which makes me realize I'm not even chasing the alcohol. I was chasing the sugar content in the alcohol. And, and you give those tools or I say, hey, all you have to do for dessert for your, for your kid's third birthday party, don't buy a fucking cake. Get a bunch of frozen berries and some hat and some uh, heavy cream and make and pour it on the berries and pat. Every kid will be fucking completely stoked. Absolutely, and that's like, responsible. That's responsible parenting, if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. No one's like, gonna be like, "Where's the fucking cake?" Now, I'm not against the cake e either. By the way, at, at some point, like, I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I've never bought my kid a cake, but like, don't act like there's not real simple things that you could do to mitigate the fucking fire. I mean, I'm if you have an obese on. fucking kid, you, you fucked up for sure. And like, what is, what is giving them birthday cake, teaching that kid? That's literally just a pure and simple. All right. I'm going to, you know, reward this kid. We're just giving them sugar. You know, that's right. how, that's how, that's how I'm going to treat you. Like, how does that, you know, affect a kid? Obviously they're raised on sugar. And so they're going to associate sugar with a reward. And it's like, man, that's just bad conditioning you know, bad human conditioning that so many people have done it. Like my parents gave me birthday cake. All parents do that. You know, it's just yep. something that we're, it's, it's ingrained in our culture. But if you really think about it, like, why the fuck are we doing that? Like, I don't even have birthday cake anymore. I don't do that. Like instead I've, I've tried to start like this little mini trend of giving yourself a birthday steak instead of a birthday oh. cake, Oh, you know, like dude, how, why celebrate getting a year older by eating some low quality sugar shit processed food? Like, are you really doing yourself any favors by doing that? Are you helping yourself? No. All you're doing is eating a low quality food and you're taking a, just a hit of sugar. You're taking momentary pleasure in trading that for long-term pain is what you're doing. If that makes sense. Like that's, that's, yeah, that's dude, what so many people do. I like it, that you're, birthday steak. Yeah. Just do that. I mean, every time you eat some low quality shit food, yeah, it might taste good in the moment, 
but whatever, five, 10 minutes later, that feeling passes. And then most times you feel like shit. Cause I know when I eat low quality shit food, my body tells me, and I feel like shit. And it's like, dude, why, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that to yourself? You're and when you say fit, momentary pleasure, when you say you feel like shit, uh, um, for me, it's like, I feel like I, one, I don't want to move, but, but two, when I do move, I feel like I've lost range of motion. Like everything's a little yeah. bit tighter. Like, yeah. You're honestly, I think it's an inflammatory response. And yeah. I think, I think most people, most people that have, you know, they don't pay attention to their health. They're walking around chronically inflamed. For sure. <laughs> they, they really are. They don't even realize it, but they, that, that's their normal. So they just accept it as normal. Most people walk around bloated. Most people have probably bad digestion or have like, you know, whatever fucking diarrhea or just, you know, just not healthy, whatever bowel movements, but they just accept that as normal. Are and a lot people, of, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was no, just no, going to no, say, no. you know, most people, they don't even realize how much their life will improve, you know, when they start to get healthy, literally every aspect of your life improves when you improve your health. I've, I've, that's another piece of content that I've made. But just getting getting healthy will change your life, you know, for the better. It's like infinite. There were these, infinite there were these three things Greg would say if you do uh, CrossFit. You'll either quit your job or you'll get a raise. Um, you'll either get out of your relationship or it will get better. And then there was a third one. But he would basically t- – he, he would tell people, hey, I'm, write on this piece of paper 10 things you want to happen in your life. And, and they would write it on, write down those 10 things they want. And then he would have them folded up and seal an envelope and be like, you never have to show anyone that. But after working out here at the Santa Cruz gym, this is when he was training people um, back in the early day, he'd open this up six months later and tell me if you're closer to those 10 things without even trying, just because you're getting, you're hanging around with people who um, want to be better and you're making yourself better. And he said it was like, always like people would be like, holy shit. Yeah, dude. And that like, honestly, I've never met Greg Glassman. I don't know, but I don't know what kind of man he is or anything like that, but he's definitely changed my life and he's made the world a significantly better place. You can say I made a piece of content about Greg Glassman yesterday because he has that famous quote, the needs of humans don't vary by kind, only by degree. Like if you think about that, that is profound. All humans have the same fundamental needs, you know, just the difference the need, between it, Olympic athletes and our moms. Yeah. He uses that as yeah, the example. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like the, yeah. our needs are, our needs are the same. And the, it's, man, I don't know that, that he was ahead of his time for sure. You know, I, I would definitely say that. It's, it's, it's in cycles, right? It's kind of, it's where he came from. He came from Los Angeles in the 1950s and sixties when all the parks had steel rings. Right. And it, and <laughs> yeah. it's like, and, and then, and then we moved to the Arnold Schwarzenegger away, the back and buys chest and tries and, yeah. and, and then, yeah. and we stopped squatting and then now it's, it's, it's back again. Um, yeah. when I, when I found CrossFit, I was 34, which is kind of funny, right? It's the same age you are now, basically. Yes. And, um, there, I had never seen a rope. Uh, in, in any gym anywhere. Right. And, only and this is only 16 gyms. years ago. Yeah. Only yeah. gymnastics gyms. Yeah. Only gymnastics gyms. That's, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, uh, I, I, I never love- saw anyone do an air. I went to the gym every single fucking day through of my, it, you know, yeah. for 15 years before CrossFit. And I never saw anyone do an air squat. Yeah. I, I, I was <laughs> just like, and now that's like the, just your foundational shit. Absolutely. That's the first thing I'll teach someone. And I've taught, thousands of people foundations. Um, I like, I was very fortunate. The first thing my dad ever taught me and he taught me how to work out when I was like five years old, I didn't start, I didn't start taking it seriously until I was about 10, but 
But the first thing he taught me was, was a squat. My dad came from a powerlifting background. So like I was raised on a very, you know, I had a really good upbringing with as far as strength and conditioning, you know, squats, deadlifts, you know, proper training. And then obviously I went and played football and college football. So I had a really good, I had really good strength coaches. So I came into CrossFit already quite strong. So I had a really good foundation, but when I, when I found CrossFit, it just honestly, it made sense, man. It's like, to me, it makes perfect sense. If you want to be healthy, you want to have a good amount of absolute strength, meaning you want to be able to lift heavy weights, you know, like barbells. And you also want to have a good amount of relative strength, meaning you want to be able to lift your body weight and you can't have good relative strength if you're fat, you know, but being fat's not healthy. So that's why I feel like Greg Glassman, by combining weightlifting and gymnastics, basically absolute strength and relative strength, that was kind of visionary as far as like health, you know, as far as like being, being healthy and getting strong, like dude, there's without a doubt, CrossFit CrossFitters are the most fit people in the world and they're fucking jacked and they're fit. And like, that is health in my opinion. When I would see, well, we would have power lifters, uh, world famous power lifters come in and do like private seminars for the staff at HQ in the early days, or they would come and I would see them. I, I, I thought I would, that looks like a fucking miserable life. You know what I mean? Because they didn't I, have what you just said, that relative weight, like they, no, like it was like whole fitness shit. or fitness. They don't, they're, they're strong. They're, yeah, they're strong. And smart. They they're were strong. all smart too. Ridiculously smart, articulate guys. I mean, but fuck that. It looked laborious to be them. Yeah. No, I personally, I would never power lift. I'd never be a strong man. I have no, no, nothing against anyone that power lifts. And yeah. Me neither. Man. If you enjoy it, good for you. Great for it. But like, I want to train to be healthy, you know? And honestly, man, fucking, I, I came, I came from a college football background. So you did a fair amount of conditioning, but you obviously did a lot of strength, no gymnastics per se, but you know, I was kind of a more of a skill position. So like doing box jumps or, you know, dips or pull-ups, I could already do all that stuff, but dude, that is health, man. If like, if, dude, if you're lean, strong and you have good metabolic conditioning, dude, you're, Extreme, you're going to be extremely healthy. You're going to be very far away and from happy. That. Yeah. And happy. And you're very far away from that spectrum of sickness. You know, there's sickness and health. Get, if you're strong, lean and jacked, you're going to be healthy. And if you maintain that for as long as possible, you're going to live a long time. That's just undeniable. What about sparkling water? It's funny. You kind of said that I, I consider sparkling water, snob water. Uh, so you don't drink it. No, I'm actually joking. It's, oh. I, I really can't believe you just brought that up because that's a, a a debate that I have with my girlfriend all the time. She prefers sparkling water, but in me coming from America, I never really drank a lot of sparkling water, so I've always drank still water. I think but, I uh, have bad news for. Her. Tell me, tell, what what is it? I think that I think I think that it um it increases your chances of osteoporosis. Does it really? Because of the, I've, because I've been of looking the, into it, and it's it's kind of freaking me out. I mean, not yeah, freaking me actually, out. Like I'm actually going to look excessive. into that now. Yeah. I mean, if you drink a shit ton of sparkling water, I'm, 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 I'm curious to, to research that now. I, um, the study was massive. I want to say it was with like 80,000 nurses or something. They did it. And really? that basically you had a 300% increase in chance of osteoporosis. If you drank sparkling water and a 500% chance increase percent increase for people who drank soda. Well, the soda doesn't surprise me at all just because of the sugar content and how, right. how you know, all that. But uh, I know. Yeah. I, hey, so, Eric, this is what Don't I've been doing. Sparkling water. I stopped drinking. I tried to stop drinking sparkling water. And it was it, once again, it's super easy. It's not the meat test. But anytime I want a sparkling water, I just run over and drink a glass of water and fucking the desire for sparkling water goes away. 
I just wow. forced down a quick eight ounces. Holy shit, man. You're going to have to send me the link to this study. If you don't mind after this podcast, I'd be, I'd be interested okay. in reading, reading it. I will. Like, I've never been, I mean, I don't mind sparkling water. Some people love it and like, they just can't drink normal water because they find it boring, you know? But I mean, it's, that's just nonsense, by the way. That's just, that's a story that they've spun for themselves. That's, that's yeah, not to each their own. But if it, if it seriously does increase your risk of osteoporosis, uh, I would definitely want to know that because I, I would definitely cut it out, cut it out of my, I don't trust well. a microwave either. I, I, I don't have, a, I don't trust a microwave. I, I have no, I have no proof or I have no yeah. data for that, but like, I don't understand. I'm not comfortable with whatever the fuck's going on in there. I'm not mentally, maybe I'm, um, I'm open to being wrong, but I don't do microwaves. I don't have a microwave in my house. That's, I don't want, I don't want yeah, to eat microwave food. I don't want fair. to do any microwave shit. I, I do own a microwave and I use it occasionally, but I do try to heat up food or reheat food on a stove or in the oven if I can. So yeah. I don't like using it either because I do feel like it's kind of unnatural. But again, you could probably find whichever study you want to support your bias. True. So it's, it's man, for sure. It's, not it's, probably. Of course you can. For yeah, sure. you can. Yeah. You can. So it's, it's, it's hard. I feel like if you're stressed about drinking sparkling water, or using a microwave, but you are eating low quality processed shit food and drink alcohol regularly. You're stressing about the wrong things. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I don't so. trust my iPhone either, David. I think I, that thing freaks me out that it's fucking nuking me. Sometimes I feel that thing warm in my pocket and I'm like, God damn it. You know, what's weird is like, I, I feel like our iPhones are listening to us all the time. Well, they you are know? that they are. It's, it's strange. Like you can just literally be talking about something and then whatever, the next day or even an hour later, you'll see a sponsored ad for whatever it is you, you were talking about. And so it's like, fuck, our phones are listening to us all the time. Hey, the universe is listening to us all the time, too. Agreed. That, that's why I, I just I, brought up sparkling water. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to you through the universe. Well, you said that, you know, back in your college days, you were saying how you're kind of just putting out these positive, I don't know, vibrations in the universe. And then just I just accept the fact the universe will help me and be open to it. Yes. And Savan, I accept that fact, too, because you're 100 percent correct. I'm a huge believer in the law of attraction and, you know, putting out, putting out what you truly want in life into the universe and it'll come to you. Yeah. And once I started doing that, like everything really has kind of come true. So I'm a huge believer in that. like people, people say that with religion or anything like that. I'm not a religious person, but I am a big believer in putting out the, what you want to attract in life, put that out and it'll come to you. How did you, um, uh, what events, was there a moment, what events brought you to that understanding of the universe that it works that way? Um, it's kind of funny. I, uh, I, I read a book in college, um, and it was based on, I just made a YouTube video about this. So it's strange. Cause I'm going to put it out pretty soon, but, uh, the book was called the success principles by Jack Canfield. And I know that sounds really, uh, fucking, I don't know, cliche or kind of like, Oh yeah, really self-help books. But I'm I'm very familiar with who he is. He's okay. He's huge. Yeah. He's, is it Jack Canfield or Cornfield? Canfield C A N F I E L D. Okay. But, um, the reason I read that book is because the best player on our team, the most successful player, the hardest working guy, the most inspirational guy I've ever met. His name is James Casey played in the NFL for seven years. Now he's an NFL coach for the Bengals. He's coaching football, a tremendously successful guy, the best guy on our team. And I really looked up to him because he was uh, quite, a, quite a few years older than me. But I literally asked him, James, dude, what can I do to be like you? And he said, dude, read the success principles, take 100% responsibility for your life and decide what you want and start working towards that. And you put out those vibrations in the universe and you'll attract what you want. And when I read that book, 
and I started changing my behavior and started doing like that, literally everything's come true. Pretty much, pretty much everything. I mean, I wanted to play in the NFL, but at that point, that dream was kind of already given up. Then I wanted to be the fittest man in the world and I got close, but you know, unfortunately injuries have kind of derailed that. But James Casey literally changed my life by telling me to read that book. Cause I read that book and then I put it into practice. You can't just fucking read a book and expect your life to change. You can't just take an easy path. You actually have to do the work every day and believe in it. But like literally that, that's what got me thinking about the law of attraction and putting out, you know, positive vibrations in the, into the universe. Cause I, I believe that shit wholeheartedly. You know, it, it, um, I, uh, Brian Johnson, I, I thought I was going to be able to talk, go a whole show without talking about this. Brian Johnson's a friend of mine. That's the guy who's the liver King. Oh, wow. Okay. Is he a friend? Yeah. And, okay. and he, and he's in the, the second podcast he ever did was, uh, this podcast. And I, I tried to get him on the podcast before, before he was the liver King. Um, because I, I had heard of, um, I knew him as a guy who had um, changed his eating habits in order to help heal his son's autoimmune diseases. And I used to have this other podcast that's called Meet the Parents. It was like short-lived. And so I wanted to meet this dad who changed his eating habits to save his kid who was dying from autoimmune diseases, who was being tortured by autoimmune diseases. And he said, hey, thank you so much for inviting me. I just can't come on. I'm super... Basically, in a, I'm paraphrasing, but basically I'm, I'm too shy. I'm not well-spoken. I'm, I'm just... I, I can't do it. I, I will never do a podcast. I'll never. I'm like, okay. And then eventually the, he start. he became the liver King, right? He used that and he, in the nine ancestral tenants and he started going on this journey and he came on the podcast. And when he came on the podcast, he actually cried and he's like, holy fuck. I can't believe I'm fucking crying. And for those of you who haven't seen that uh, podcast, I highly recommend it because I think in the first thirty, it's a two and a half hour, three hour podcast. But I think in the first thirty minutes, we get past the Liver King character, and we and I start actually talking to Brian Johnson. Yeah, and I see that. Um, so so then this his trainer, his personal trainer, released the emails of him being on steroids, yep. and his personal trainer ends up making a video defending. Um, defending why he released him, and and I think the defense is complete bullshit personally because if you really cared what it, whatever he says you should have just gone straight to brian you shouldn't have given it to derek at more plates more yeah. dates. even though i i hold no hard ill will towards towards derek because that is his youtube channel right yeah. his channel is to study these things so i but all these other people who are fucking piling on him it's so funny every time i bring it up someone in the comments will be like i can't believe you're defending the liver king i'm 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 a hundred percent not defending him what i'm saying is is this is an opportunity for you to look at yourself and to be positive and to act as yourself. Why do you care that he lied? What did you, what, what trust did you put in him? Why can't you, where, where are the limits to your level to accept people for who they are? Like there's just this, it's just so disappointing that so many people in our space who are supposed to be for the wellness and health of other people, they're being exposed to me that they have limits of who they're trying to help. Now, granted, he's my friend, so I know him as a real person. And so these other people, yeah, just not the character. character. Yeah. But, um, you know, I hear, I hear Joe Rogan say he'll never have him on the show. And yet he's probably spent 10 hours talking about him. Right. And there's a piece he, of disingenuousness that starts to creep in on me about, about this, you know, like, Hey dude, like, 
He started this to help his kids. And he admit, I don't know if you saw his apology video, but he basically says, hey, man, I'm an insecure man with low self-esteem. What the fuck can I say? It's like, I'm- I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch the apology video and it's, it's an interesting talking point that you brought it up because yeah. seven months ago I made a piece of content about the liver King um, saying whether he's natty or not. I didn't yeah. care. I said, I, I don't right. care if he's natty. Yeah, or not. I don't care either. Yeah. You know, his his yeah. overall message at that time was actually good. It's like, all right, Hey, be yes. healthier, eat a real whole animal based food, spend more time outside, you know, besides, besides him being a character, you know, right. it's yeah. They're, 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 this is the piece of content. By the I way, this is the- insane. This is insane that you're doing this. These must these ring muscles waited. Thanks, but that's I've made this piece of content. This actually got over a million. It's almost got two million views on YouTube. Crazy, you know. But then you say that, and it's interesting because you're you're a a friend of his, and you've met him. I haven't met him, right. but and I just recently put out a piece of content, you know, discrediting him because I was honestly really disappointed. It you is know, disappointing they, because he he staunchly denied taking steroids so many times. You know when everyone kind of know knew he was or definitely obviously suspected he was. And the biggest problem I have with him is that he's made this character and he's obviously extremely jacked and lean. But he has a conflict of interest because he's he has multiple supplement companies selling selling supplements, so he's directly benefiting from that. And that's I don't think people have a problem with his message; they have a problem with his conflict of interest. You know, in doing that, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. No, I I, I he, agree he, with what you're saying. You know? It's just I I think that there's a conflation of the issues. I I'm the, I, I agree, and I'm and I and I and I and I had seen that piece of content you made, so I, I and I wanted to ask you, I wanted to talk about it so that you could push back on me because it's important that I don't lick in, live in lick in an echo chamber, live in an echo chamber. Just for me, it's two dis two 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 different uh, issues. He it, lied. He, um, people were probably misled. Some people were probably misled by the fact that if they live this way, they'll look like him. They were misled. They were, they were misled. They were misled. Not probably. They were, in my opinion. But, but you and I weren't misled. Right. I mean, other people were misled, but you and I, like, I wasn't like, Hey, I'm going to, I take those pills, but I didn't take those pills to try to look like him. I didn't think that that was going to happen. And and I think the nine ancestral tenants are still valuable. Yeah, they are. But dude, right. you, you you are right, and I I will agree with you on that. Like his overall message, that's why I was never a fan of the Liver King, but I didn't hate him either because I was like, I can see it for what it is, and I can look past his antics and sensationalism, and I can see, all right, this fucking guy is actually just telling people to eat real whole food, work out, be outside, you know, whatever, take cold showers, whatever. It's actually that's not a bad thing. The reason he's gaining so much traction on social media is because he's doing all this crazy shit like drinking 50 egg yolks and biting raw liver and eating cow testicles. He and that barbarian that. challenge is fucking nuts too. Yeah. If he really, I mean, whether or not he really did that every week, I don't know. You know, I have, I've doubts about that, but e- either way it's like his message was, was okay. I have the problem with him lying and directly benefiting from that because while you may not have believed him or you kind of knew it, it didn't affect you or me. Cause I think we probably have maybe more common sense than the average person. Dude, how many, how many people bought that guy's supplements because of how, how good he looks, you know, how jacked he is, you know, Hey, well, I definitely, yeah. You know, so like there's just a huge conflict of interest in that. And and he he lied about it. And I got a problem with people that fucking lie, man. Like one, one thing about my content, it's fucking honest, you know, and I'm putting out there. So it's like, 
That's why I, I lost a lot of respect for him. I'm sorry, but I mean, no, he no, it's fair. Wide. No, no, it's fair. You know? uh, and and it, Bruce, so it's funny to say that, yeah, he tainted his trust. Um, the, the what's funny is the first when when it came out, the first thing I thought is, oh shit, I wonder if he really sleeps on those wooden boards that he says he does, and I wonder if his pills actually have the dehydrated um, uh, liver or whatever liver, yeah, are yeah. are his supplements pure? And I did a little research, and and, and I started watching more and more of his content. There's a, a, a another guy out there who went and visited him at the ranch. The guy's name is Jesse James. James Sweater. West. Yeah, and I oh, watched yeah. that. I watched that episode of YouTube. I watched that. Okay, so I just watched that a couple of days ago, and that that's the liver king I know. Like he he did the barbarian challenge with Jesse James. He lost. He he congratulates him. They sh- they show themselves eating all the meat. Oh, desiccated. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I know. I always want to say desiccated. defecated because it's the only word I know. Defecated yeah. the fourteen year old boy in me again. Um. Anyway, anyway, it's it's an interesting time to see. I I think we're more powerful as a um. As a species, uh, w- w- being compassionate rather than, um aggressive not not in all circumstances of course but i think compassion is a more powerful tool and i was going to relate this to to what you were saying about that book about putting out in the universe what you want like yeah. i i, I want to treat him the way i would want to be treated in this hard time for him and relative to all the fucking shit that's going on out there in the world i just think that this is pretty this is pretty fucking minor and I can still take away a lot of good things and I can take the high road and how, how would I want to be treated? Now, once again, of course I'm biased because I know him. Right. Yeah. And that, that, that's, 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 that's admiral Savon admiral, yeah. for sure. You know, this, the, again, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I don't know right, the guy. I've right. never met him. I can't speak on his character. Right. You only know what, what's what he, how he portrays himself on social media. Right. And I mean, again, I just have an issue with honesty. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people feel the same way I do is like, you know, he, he lied and he was directly benefiting from that. And so I think that says a lot about your, I think it says a lot about your character, you know? And, uh, I, again, I don't, I don't think his message was bad. However, I think there's people putting out way better messages and are honest about it. Like for example, maybe David Goggins, you know, something like some, some guy that's fucking real, you know, and is actually telling people to change their life and help themselves. You know, David Goggins isn't leaning on fucking nine ancestral tenants and eating cow testicles and just doing crazy shit on social media, you know, but people, people, that guy, that guy is actually changing lives and helping people. And he's putting out, you know, a real true message and he's just not relying on social media and views and just, he's not attention seeking. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And and so, but I think being compassionate, that's not, that's not a bad thing either, man. Like I see it is a, it is, it is a conflation. You know, I see you brought up some very valid points. Uh, and again, probably because you know the guy and you actually really know him and you know you can probably see what kind of person he is. And I think about what he did for his kids, basically. And, yeah, and, and th- so, that's the part that breaks my heart is that so many people are attacking him like that the whole thing yeah. is a sh- is a shenanigans, but it's not shenanigans. The origins of it is that he he wanted to save his kids and his passion turned into his business and then – it, it yeah, done. but I, I I feel like he took it too far. Like after he, he saved did. his kids, yes. He, yes. Did, did he, does he really need to go do all these crazy things on no. social media? Did he have to hire a whole team for social media and plan his basically everything was planned and calculated from my understanding? Because I did watch that YouTube video for more plays and more dates. You know, it's, and it's like he was a he was a charlatan. Oh God. 
I know I should have ended the show eight seconds ago. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm, joking. Oh, okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking, Dana. Okay. Did I say something I should not have said? No, no, not at all. I just, okay. that was my, that was my least favorite part when they were calling him a charlatan. That's, I, I'm just, I'm struggling with it. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling with it. All right. I'll, good. I'll, no, you're I'll, good. You're I'll, good. You're I'll good. I love way. you. I love you. You're good. Every, I love you. You're good. I need, I need, I need people like you on the show to talk to me. I'm not as, I'm not as informed on him as, as you are again. And I purposely, you not will not backpedal. <laughs> I haven't consumed as much of his content as you have. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen what I see. And like, honestly, the guy adds zero value to my life. And I think he's just, was very attention seeking. And yes. again, I, I have the issue with him staunchly denying accusations of steroids. And then it comes out and he's been taking loads of steroids. I'm like, why was he taking those steroids? He was taking that. To For the same reason benefit. most men take steroids. To, to look better. But again, most men don't have multiple supplement companies and aren't selling millions of dollars worth of products, right, you know? Right. So right. like, that's the, that's the issue, man. Like, do you think people would have buying, would have been buying hey, as many liver King products? Had he's not looked, does, had he not looked the way he looks? Actually, maybe, may, may, let me go back step. Probably the vast majority of people who've been on, um, on creatine bottles are juiced to the gills. And it's been misrepresented. I remember when I used to go to the Arnold and the um, Mr. Universe for like art to film arm wrestling shit. And all those dudes in the book were juiced to the gills, but they're selling you this protein, making you think that if you take it, you're going to look like them. So yeah. it's, it's it's kind of a um, I am not getting heated. I am chill. I'm chill. I'm, I haven't it's very I'm getting, similar, Savon. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. So so. If anything, I feel like it's been the same playbook over and over. The part that I where I give him grace is maybe because I'm mature and I want to look at myself, look at myself and more be and be like, why would I care if someone lied to me? What what what, what is it? What is it? What power am I giving to someone else that it makes me judge them for lying to me? I don't know. I I I I, I want to be more more reflective and more compassionate about it. I, I want to make sure that I'm I'm not putting out anything um and as negative. I said before, I think yeah. that's very admirable. I think it's very admirable. And you know what? I probably should have said this earlier. If if because everyone should be like this, if you don't have anything nice to say about someone, it's best not to say anything at all. You know, and yeah. so like that, that that's why I've I've made those pieces of content and I won't speak about the liver king anymore because again, if I don't have anything nice to say, I probably shouldn't say anything. I didn't think you were mean in them either, by the way. You just kind of had them in the backdrop. You weren't vicious or anything. No, I'm not. I mean, I, I was just saying what was on my mind, man. I was just yeah. putting it out there. And again, yeah. you shouldn't, man, I have better things to do with my time than talk badly about others. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. And if, like yeah. I said, if, if I just, I don't have, if I don't have anything nice to say about someone, I probably just shouldn't say anything at all. Cause I want to make sure whatever message I'm putting out there, it's a positive and uplifting message that actually, you know, helps people. And like, Dude, there's enough negativity in the world already, and like the world doesn't need any more. Uh, Adam Blakesley, if you bought a Flex magazine in your life, the ads are of juiced up dudes selling supplements. Good, great argument. Okay, thank you. Like I said, though, I don't. I'm not trying to defend him. What? Say it again. I'm not trying to defend the Liver King. I'm just saying that for our own personal health, as as high level human beings, we should be careful about throwing about kicking a man when he's down. We should just we should be wise in our in our in our steps. You know, so what we should do is just instead of kicking him down, maybe just not talk about him. Right. Right. You know, that's like, right. that's honestly like, again, I think two or three years from now, no one's going to be talking about liver King. People will probably have long forgotten about him. I mean, they'll, they'll remember who he was, but 
I don't think he's going to be a huge talking point, you know, over podcasts or, you know, over people having dinner. That, that's Tanner, Tanner, in full disclosure, the Liver King sponsored this podcast earlier this year uh, about, I've talked about this ad nauseum, but about two months I'll before we went to Wadapalooza, I sent him a text message and I said, hey, do you want to sponsor Wadapalooza? And he didn't even say yes. He just deposited $20,000 in my PayPal account. Well, again, you, you, I have not had the same interaction. He's not even on steroids. You know that he, he's just, that, that was misunderstood. He's not even on steroids. No, I'm just joking. I'm okay, just saying right, that right. because all they right. said, because I said he gave me 20 grand. I'm just trying to yeah. do it. for 50 grand. He didn't do steroids. Wait, but did he really, did he really deposit $20,000? Yeah. That story's that? true. That story's right. true. Like yeah. I said, man, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, it's, you know, what's bad. Oh, and I'm fuck gu- you, David. Eat a dick. I'm, I'm, Sorry, I'm guilty. Now I'm getting I'm, heated. I'm guilty of this as well. Like there's always two sides to every story, you know? And so you've obviously seen both sides to that story. And whereas I have, and most other people haven't, and it's, it's very easy for us to judge him. And you're right. That's probably not the best thing to do. Like, you know, like I said, if you don't have anything nice to say about someone, it's probably best not to say anything at all. So, and and I don't want to, and I don't want, and I don't think, um, I want to be super clear. I I didn't, I didn't bring it up to like, it's just, it's, it's just on my, it's just on my mind because I know him and, and, and I, and I like you and we were just having a conversation and I don't think I I wasn't, I I don't want you to feel like I accused you of doing anything. I don't think anything you put out into the world, um, was, was crazy like about him. Like you weren't like, fuck this guy. I hope he gets killed. I mean, not even close. You weren't even at the one yard line of that. So, but I just wanted to talk to you about it. Well, you know what, Savon, this is your podcast. I'm a guest on your podcast, so we can talk about whatever you want. And at the end (laughs) of the day, man. I'm I'm honored to be here and on your podcast. And like like I said, I mean, I have I have opinions, you know, and I'm entitled to those opinions just like everyone else is. So yeah, you asked you asked me some questions and I just answered them honestly. And you're putting out a shit ton of amazing content. Thank and you. I, and I appreciate you for it. Um, and I and I look forward to uh, continuing our our our. our, our I'm going to go out on a limb here. Our friendship. Man, maybe me and you are friends. If you I, like. I would, I really hope we are. We just spent over two and a half hours talking to yeah. each other. That's more I'm, than I'm going to talk to my wife in the next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, I didn't know how long this podcast would go. I didn't anticipate it going this long, but it's gone fast. Like you're a man. You're, I hope I have the, like the privilege to meet you in person one day. Yeah. Oh, I think we're going to do this again. Uh, Tanner, stand your to. ground, mate. All right, David, he, he's standing his ground. Shut the hell up, everyone. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm processing. I'm processing. One of my I'm, friends I'm not, I'm not one to back down, but I'm also I'm I'm one to respect other people's opinions. You know, that's that's uh that's that's fair. Like I said, there's two sides to every story, so you know, is what it is. Uh what time is it there now? Is it nine thirty? It's nine thirty five. Yeah, you demand. All right, brother. Thanks for coming on. Uh you have my phone number, text me anytime. You can't bug me. Uh I I, I do think that you and I just uh sparked a, a friendship. Yeah, You're a great well, dude. Your pleasure in, to talk to. I'll you. be in California uh next year for sure. I'm going to watch Metallica and Pantera. So if I'm in that part of the world, maybe I'll have to hook you up. I can look you up. Awesome. All right, brother. All right. Have a hey, good one. So Cheers. For thanks for your on, time. Man. Yep. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. That's a cool dude. He's really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, anxious to see Jamie Latimer slay the Legends comp. When does that start? Is that tomorrow? I, well, I need to get in touch with James Grubb. I was supposed to have him on. Maybe I'll have Jamie on a little bit too. Jamie, do we have each other's phone numbers? I know this is like the 18th time I've asked you this. Does that start tomorrow? 
Caleb? I think it's, I think it starts Friday. <clears throat> and uh, what's tomorrow? Is tomorrow Friday? Tomorrow's Thursday. Oh. Well done. Well, thank you. Thank you. I think, I don't know. I just, I just, my, I, I'm, I'm just hurting for my buddy a little bit. No. Clydesdale says it starts tomorrow. Oh, all right. Thank you, Scott. Uh, she's driving. Okay. Max push-up contest, uh, Sevon Hiller and Tanner. God, I don't know if Hiller's stoppable. Holy shit. You want to hear something crazy? We're going to have Gary Roberts on, on, um, Oh shit. I forgot to tell you guys this. Listen, if you guys sign up for a consult for a consultation with California hormones, you will be put into a drawing for a free level one and I'll call the winner on December 24th. Damn it. I was supposed to say at the beginning of the show, I'm going to write it right here. Really big. Now. Susie even reminded you. Thank you for reminding me. Free. And we talked about it in the winner text. Free, free level one. Uh, what are the deets for the giveaway? Oh shit! I'm just seeing this. This is a reminder. Damn it! You got to uh, get a free console from uh, CA Hormones, right? Yeah. Basically, uh, you just have to si- go over and sign up for a free. Basically, you need blood work. If you're in California, you can get it for free. If not, you need blood work, and then uh, sign up for a free consultation. Use code Sevon, or you could use yeah, use Sevon, and uh, and get the free consultation, and then you will be put in the drawing uh, for a free level one. No, no, we, it won't be an online one. We'll give you a, like an in-person one. You better go in person. Yeah. Uh, no, but Gary Roberts yesterday told me, are you ready for this? Boy, am I. He ran a 632 mile yesterday. Shut the fuck up. No way. No way. I saw some video. He's fucking moving. It's Fucking crazy, dude. Are you sure it wasn't on the same track that you ran your PR 300? <laughs> the 330 meter track? <sighs> yeah, for so, uh, I can't remember why Alex didn't want to do it. Yeah, 632. He said, uh, when he, when he, so right when he started, uh, before he started the California Hormones, he, he, his, uh, he ran a 10. It said 10 something. I'm going to have him on Friday with me and Hiller and we'll get him to, uh, I know it's crazy, right? Jamie. It's crazy. What a little, little testosterone will do to you. He seems happy as all get out. It's pretty dope. Yeah. Uh, if you don't follow the Instagram account, uh, going rogue with Sevon, you should, this is uh, one of the listeners, is constantly putting up um, clips from the show, reels, and it's pretty damn good. Well, I'm in all of them, so of course I think they're all good. <laughs> but it's called, it's called "Going Rogue with Sevon," and uh, it's it's uh, it's my it's my favorite Instagram account. All right, guys, uh, Caleb, thanks for being on. I was freaking out for a second. I'm like, how am I going to run all this shit? Glad you're here. Uh, uh, I'm testing you for when I am no longer in my equity experiment. <laughs> we have to figure something out. I'm scared to go to the to to go to the in person L1 COVID. Alan, always great to see you. Uh, okay, I got to get this call. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye bye.